It's the most wonderful time of the year. Come on, Ben, sing along with me. There'll be There'll be movies for watching and popcorn for popping. Ben, we it's rehearsed this all weekend. All weekend we had time to rehearse this. Yeah. Yep. 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 I I gave you your cues. Yep. We have a professor with us today too. Yeah. You make us look better in front of the professor. <laughs> That's okay. I teach statistics. Ah, shit. Oh, shit. Where'd you come from? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's another episode of the Infinity Film Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Roderick Lipshot. Joined as always by my wonderful friend, great co-host, sometimes DJ, Ben Saunders. Hey, hey. Guess that's what DJs do when they introduce themselves. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Welcome to Coachella. What do you say? <laughs> And uh, you, you've heard of him before. He's not impersonating anybody just yet. Not just yet. But Mr. Shane Kanto, the great Shane Kanto, is with us. Shane, how are you? Oh, doing oh, fine. Having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> not me, Al Pacino is, but thank you oh, for coming, <laughs> having me on the show. Because that was the weirdest thing I saw on Twitter today. Yeah. 83-year-old with a 29-year-old. Wait. Hold on, what? That's how young she I'm not joking. Al Pacino's having a baby with his 29-year-old wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hoo-ha. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> ben, this is our third year, I think, doing this now. Uh, I think we started in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Doing these uh, half-year superlatives, giving out some ribbons, giving out some trophies, and also giving out some some Razzies as well. <laughs> not quite Razzies. We're not going to talk about the worst films, but, you know, Films that disappointed us. Yeah. So you guys know the drill by now, but this year we're to change it up a little bit. Two things. One, there's only one person joining us this year because past couple of years we've had two people, and those conversations have usually ended up with all all of us repeating the same thing over and over again. So sure. Um, I, I I think having one person this year is probably good. Uh, and Shane, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. I'm just glad that you invite me back. I know. It's hard sometimes. I'm like, do I really want him back this week? Do I really want to hear from Adam Sandler this week? <laughs> it's going to get worked in somehow. <laughs> somehow, some way. And then number two, you know, Ben, we talk about most anticipated films at the end of the at, at end of these episodes, but we mm-hmm. usually talk about the whole year or the rest of the rest of the year. You know, from like yeah. June till December. Switching up this time. Now it's just September through December. So. You know, just uh, just to kind of spice things up a little bit for this episode. Yeah, spice spice some things up. And I think usually we do top three performances, male and female. First, first, I think we've done that. I think we did that one year. I think mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. This year we're just doing top five. So you know, trying to make this more or a little shorter for you guys, even though it probably won't end up that way. But also just you know, more engaging for for all of you guys to to play along at home. Yeah, to, to, to whine and complain while why all three of us are wrong and why BlackBerry is the best of the year yeah. and be brutal in the comments section. Oh, we mm-hmm, don't have that. Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't do that. We don't. Do, we don't do that, Shane. Uh, we leave that to I the professionals the like you. <laughs> so, guys, without further ado, we're going to get through our first three uh, categories here. Uh, maybe next week we'll have to get the wheel and just make it random next time. Well, who knows? Ooh, yeah. Extra yeah. spice. Yeah. yeah. Extra, extra spicy. But that's to 2024. That's so far away. Wake up tomorrow and it's 
time to do the episode again. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get television out of the way first, guys. Top Good. three series so far this year. And I'm curious if we're all going to have the same one and two different orders. I'm curious. Who knows what's going to happen? But I think last year I was at, I was at like 16 or 17 shows. I don't know half year. I finished up with like 34 shows total for 2021. Mm-hmm. This year I'm at 19. I'm proud of myself. Very proud of myself. Now, you know, nice. those aren't Shane numbers. You know, Shane got set, got 19 done today. I don't even keep track of TV that way, to be Shane. honest. <laughs> Maybe I should. Would make this easier. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, Shane, you spoke up. You talked. It's your turn. Guest of honor, Professor Shane. Your top so three shows of the year so far. Going all three? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Three, two, so, one. This was honestly really tough. Like, there was five shows that I'm like, how the hell am I going to squeeze them into three spots? <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um... So, obviously, this is biases and preferences, but my number three is The Last of Us. Because, I don't know, last time a show that made me feel absolutely emotionally devastated at the end of every single episode. (laughs) It's just like, even if the episode wasn't the best of the season, say that last five minutes, just kick kick you while you're down. And then it's just like, well, good luck for next week. And just Pedro Pascal and Bill Ramsey, fantastic. I never played the game, but I can tell, like, wow, it pays to actually adapt things with good stories. So this this is just such an intense show. And I know some people complain there wasn't enough uh, fungus zombies. But you know what? We're the real monsters. So there's plenty of us. Um, you should play the game. Talk about kicking it down. Let's play the game. Come back to us, especially part two. Without well, put you in a real. Game. I don't know if I could. Emo- I, I think I'd scare myself too much playing the actual I, game. You know, I don't think you're gonna get scared, Shane. I think you're just gonna uh, get into such a deep depression. You might need therapy. Like I'm, I'm not kidding. Part two. I thought I needed therapy. I think that well, agree. That's a that is a wonderful recommendation for season two of <laughs> Last of Us. Um, but jumping into talking about dark and depressing, but also kind of funny is uh season four Barry is my number two. I just Bill Hader, twisted dude, uh, somewhere underneath all those laughs, and this was incredibly directed. Like this was probably one of the most interestingly directed shows that I watched this whole entire year. And they made some bold choices narratively in this season where they took the story. But in the end, it's just like, guess what? There are a lot of bad people and they're in a bad business. I don't think all these people are going to make it out. Okay. And spoiler alert, they did not Uh, but like, this is definitely a, that great combination of funny and dark. Um, but number one, gotta get dig myself out of the first two. That's a uh, season three of Ted Lasso. I know a lot of people have complained that when did this show become a 60 minute episode show or a 75 minute finale? But I like this season a lot more than I think most people did. There's some amazing episodes in this season, but I liked the expansion of all the characters and the depth that we get to see at Ted and watching that finale, something special this morning. It was real special. 
and I loved it. And it's definitely the series finale, right? Like hundred percent. I'm like most definitely. They, although like, I will say they they left they left the room open for one spinoff. I don't want to go into spoilers, but I think they they left the door open. A conversation between Keely and uh, why am I always forgetting the, the owner's name? Rebecca. Rebecca does but, a uh, portfolio show, and it flips to a page. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, they could be doing that. That that. That's I I loved I love Ted Lasso. I enjoyed having the like. I never once felt bored watching any of these episodes of this season. And to be honest. This is really tough because shrinking and succession exist. So what a year, what a half a year for television so far. And there's other really good shows there too that I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But those are my top three. All right, Benjamin, you're up. All right. Well, I do not watch as much television as y'all, but uh, I had some some high-ranking ones here that I really enjoyed. Um Number three, I do have Shrinking on my list. Really, really enjoyed it. I knew I was going to get around to it at some point, but Rod, you you pushed me to watch it, I feel like, with uh, Harrison Ford and, and Jason Siegel, and saying every week how good it was. So glad I got into that. And yeah, we, we kind of hinted at it before with Harrison Ford, how much I love him, but it, you really do see a different side of him <laughs> in the show, um, which is crazy with how many roles he's already had. Um, it's it's cool to see him on TV doing this stuff, and Jason Segel is is like always underrated. I think um, excellent comedic and dramatic roles, and uh, it's another one too where I feel like several episodes, the last five minutes, had a gut punch and kind of left you hanging uh, for for the next episode. So yeah, really really like that one. Number two, this is where I have Ted Lasso, and. Uh, a little early, I guess, because I'm like halfway through the finale right now, but it's it's already up there at number two. Um, Nano snapped his fingers and they all turned to dust. What? No. Yep. Um, <laughs> all that was left was a soccer ball. <laughs> oh, geez. That's dark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've, it was another show that Rod uh, told me that I would really like. And of course, it's similar. Producers and everything was shrinking. But yeah, I, I kind of I binged the first two seasons pretty quick and then was waiting for a while for season three uh, with a lot of people. So, yeah, glad it finally came around. Yeah, it, it has uh, stuck the landing so far, like I said, um, with what I've seen. But with everything they've done with the characters, um, they, they do some stuff that I was surprised at. But I feel like they've won me over with uh, with the decisions I'm trying to see little spoiler free there but uh there, there's some character changes and job changes that i was like whoa but uh but i i believe them so that's number two and then my number one which will probably be it for the rest of the year but we will see number one is the last of us i have played the games and loved them both so i was very excited for this and they pull it off very well. And not only is it a great video game adaptation, but a great show on its own. And I love how many people like you, Shane, haven't played the games, but still really got into the show. That's fantastic to see the changes, even from the game that I caught on to were really good. And sometimes even better than what they decided to do in the game. Of course, it's changing mediums, but um, 
yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff. There's the acting, of course, every week, the score, soundtrack, uh, even the 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 script and everything was was awesome. So, love that show. Loved every episode, and that is my number one. Okay, so just get my couple honorable mentions out of the way. Ted Lasso season three is an honorable mention. Loved this uh, last three or four episodes really really stuck the landing mom um, city yep there's there's a portion in the middle like the beginning of, i was like i was kind of teetering i was like you know what this isn't the ted lasso i know and the premiere didn't really hit for me but then like the last four or five i was like okay and then the finale i put this on my serialized account like it that was one of the best series finales i've ever ever watched it was so many great callbacks uh, a mm-hmm. lot of great emotion they even used a song at the end. I was like, "Oh come on, are we really doing this?" It got me, got me really choked up. Shane, the, the door is open for that spinoff. The door is open. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but uh, they they end Ted's story on a really, really high note. And then another show that just ended last week, one of my all time favorites, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, ended last week. Amazing, best season, best season, That's hands so down. Great. Uh, there is an episode in that season where they basically just roast a future ver- version of Susie, and it is just fucking incredible. Sean Gunn and Will Sasso. I, and, where and- the fuck did that come from? <laughs> and then Shane, that last, the last shot of just, I don't know if Ben's ever going to watch it, so it's fine, but like uh, old Midge and Susie just talking and laughing. It just reminds me of what this show was really about, or the, what it has been about. I love this show so much. It was a show my mom recommended to me because she tried to watch an episode. She didn't like it at all, but she's like, this is your kind of show. And I was like, oh, okay. And it, I, yeah. It's so my expectations. that that succession, Barry and Ted Lasso, all ended within five days. Yeah. Just like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I started... Not over yet, but I've I've been a, a fan of this show. It's the only show I only watch on Stars. It's Power Book Two, uh, Ghost, uh, a continuation of the uh, Power Show, the original Power Show, starring Amari Hardwick. This third season just had its conclusion, and it is fucking incredible. A lot of twists, a lot of great turns. But number three, Daisy Jones and the Six. I cannot. Every time I Ben, I want to move this show on my list. I can't do it. Ted Lasso's tried. Marvelous Maisel has tried. But something about Sam Claflin and Riley Keough, I don't, those two just have such great chemistry, such incredible performances. I think, Shane, you've watched it, right? No, I haven't yet. Oh, okay. Then I'm telling you, the music is just, it is so fucking good. And of course, Riley Keough, she was kind of born for this role, obviously, because of her lineage. But look, it's your typical kind of rise and fall of, you know, act of, of this great band. But like I said, when I talked about this show earlier on in the year, Sometimes it's just about the characters that inhabit this inhabit the show and the music that inhabits the show. And both those things come together and create one of my favorite, maybe my favorite Amazon show other than the boys. I Daisy Jones and the Six did not disappoint. Number two is where I have the greatest video game adaptation of all time, The Last of Us. Like Ben, I have played the game. The Last of Us is my favorite game of all time. So I was very much looking forward to this. Shane, it was like 1A, 1B. What was going to be my most my favorite uh, show of the year? This or, or most anticipated this or Secret Invasion? I went with Last of Us. Oh, ever so slightly. And Last of Us did not disappoint. Hopefully Secret Invasion doesn't disappoint either. But mm-hmm. you guys have said already, Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey. 
they're both getting Emmy nominations and lose the succession, obviously. But uh, you know, Pedro Pascal born to play Joel. Feels like he was such a great Joel. Bella Ramsey, fuck it. I I questioned the casting at first. I did. I was like, really? Bella Ramsey is Ellie. I don't see it. Within the first twenty seconds, I was like, oh no, she she was fucking born to play Ellie. Season two bed's gonna be hard. That's that's gonna be a very very hard season. And even the weaker episodes, I think Shane, you mentioned it. Like even the weaker episodes are still spectacular. They're and they were better than like ninety percent of television. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, shout out to Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett. God damn those two. God damn those two. I I wasn't prepared for that. Like just sitting there watching this episode, just being like, I'm not gonna cry. Yep. And you probably cried a lot, didn't you? Well, that's the thing. I don't really cry much, but I sure got emotional oh, sitting there. Sorry. It's a long story. <laughs> um, but, like, you brought up, like, Pedro Pascal's definitely getting nominated. I am just so sad for Bob Odenkirk, who's never going to win an Emmy for Better Call Saul. Nope. Because, like, how's he supposed to compete with this? Well, my mom told me to start watching Lucky Hank also, because apparently he's really good uh, in that show, too. I love that show, too. It's very different tone. It's a fairly and um it's written by Toby from the office. Um Toby? Yeah. yeah. Was it Lieberman Lieberman or Lieberstein who's um who plays him? Yeah, it's written by him and the first episode is directed by like Peter Farrelly. So it oh. has a different tone. I was going on going in thinking it was Vince Gilligan's next show. Only because it had Bob Odenkirk in it. Um, it's not that, but I do really like that show too. All right, and my number one, you guys probably guessed it. It's shrinking. Jason Siegel, Harrison Ford, Apple TV Plus. Uh, ben, I'm telling you, I, th- I think there's only one show that can maybe top this, and that's Secret Invasion. I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Shrinking came out of nowhere for me. I was expecting to have a good time with it. So great. I did not expect to fall in love with this show after one episode and you know shane thank you again for letting me come on and do a yeah. spoiler talk with you that was a lot of fun so um great. i am ready for season two whenever that comes out the writer's strike please end soon sweet jesus i need season two like yesterday but how about apple tv plus guys ted lasso shrinking um i mean severance uh, severance They've got a lot of just really great shows on their platform. I'm enjoying Silo right now. I have. I think I want to wait to binge that. To binge You're that like halfway through, so I guess at this point it's just worth doing that anyway. Well, hey, um, hey let's look. It's better than what Paramount Plus got going on with Fatal Attraction. Well, they're gonna be. They're probably gonna close Paramount Plus after those earnings. Yeah, <laughs> not good. Yikes! Not a good look. Not a good no. look. But yes, my number one uh, favorite show of the year is Shrinking, and it's going to be very, very hard for any of the show to top it. I thought I was going to be the only one who didn't have Succession. I'm actually behind on Succession, so okay. I still have like a whole. I have to finish season three still. So I think the well, summer I'm going to go ahead and finish the rest of it. Good luck. I mean, <laughs> there's been some accounts on Instagram who've already kind of ruined the show for me, so I don't really know if it's if it's worth watching now. But I'm going to watch it just to. Just to watch it. There's a couple episodes in this last season that are legit some of the best television I've ever watched. It we're in a great time. Like between that 
and Barry and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Ted Lasso. It's just like there's so many great episodes of television this year. Yeah. It's just knocking out of the park. We're in a golden age. Let me ask you, Shane, before we move on, what did you think of the finale to Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Did you enjoy it a lot or? Oh, my God. It's funny because, you know, I watched four finales in the past five days. Like, until this morning, it was my favorite out of the three that I had watched. I thought it was perfect. Mm -hmm. It was Midge finally getting her spotlight, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah. was absolutely amazing. That, like, I melted sitting and watching it. And then I'm like, they're going to end it on this. And then they didn't. And then I just loved what they ended it on, too. I'm just like. You got me, got me so good. So they they because they set up all because they did a lot of flash forwards this yeah. season, right? And they lost they set something up with Susie and and Midge. I was like, we better get a resolution. And like the finale was ending, I was like, are we really not going to get a resolution? Okay, thank God. So that was beautiful, loved it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, let's move on. Let's talk about movies now, guys. Why we're all really here, not television. If you want television, go to visit Shane's channel. Talk about TV, sports, and movies. Shameless plug there for you, Shane. Thank you. You're and welcome. books. I read too. So there you go. And music. I just do a whole bunch of crap. So there you go. <laughs> Tagline of the Wasteland Reviewer YouTube channel. Whole bunch of crap. So. And that'll be $39.99 to both me and Ben's bank accounts. Thank you, Shane. All right. So we're moving on now to <laughs> Ben. Let's get negative for a second. Okay. We have to do it. Yeah. Let's talk about most disappointing film of the year so far. It, you know, guys, it's honestly, look, I, I'm trying to kind of cut out some crap this year. Like, I, I went into this year kind of, I, I don't want to watch everything like I've been doing the past couple of years. Endless trash. I, yeah, sometimes it's just hard to avoid. So, Ben, let's start with you. Most disappointing. Of course, you had honorable mention. If you have more than one, that's fine. And then, of course, your biggest disappointment so far this year. Okay. Well, uh, I tend to, yeah, if I hear something's like really bad, don't go out of my way to watch it uh, until later, until you buy it, Rod, on, uh, on Google. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No. No, don't, uh, don't, no, don't laugh. He's, he's telling the truth. <laughs> anyway. Well, I assume that was 100% true. <laughs> It's funny because it's true. Uh, yeah, so d- disappointing. I do. I threw in one honorable mention. Uh, Cocaine Bear, just because the the cast was really good. I wasn't expecting a whole lot, but I'm about to say why Cocaine Bear. Yeah, but yeah. Then, okay, I got you. The, the the cast announcement. I was like, oh, this this is great. And then kind of reading into the story, which of course the real life stories has a sad ending. But uh, I figured they weren't going to do that. And Elizabeth Banks. I uh, like her a lot and her directing. I was like, oh, we could we can get, you know, a good good comedy here for her, but it was it was just okay. Uh the biggest disappointment about that movie was not enough of the bear. Yeah. It's just a too lot many of dumb humans. Dumb human yeah, stuff. Too many fun. I mean, she took a page out of Michael Bay's playbook. Yeah. We're here for the bear. We're not here for the humans. We're here for the transformers. We're not here for the humans. <laughs> hey, look, I don't I don't mind saying when Wiki yelling, Bubble Bay! While he flops around, flying, you know, running around like an idiot. Well, do you notice a pattern, Rod? Whenever we say we're here for this and not for the humans, usually the humans aren't great. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you got Patrick Dempsey in uh, Transformers Dark of the Moon. So, you know, yeah. 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 
Huh? Okay, then what's your number one? Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, my number two, I, I kind of tied, I don't know. I had uh, Knock at the Cabin, which I'm not the biggest mm. Shyamalan fan to begin with, but uh, I'd kind of rewatched um, Sixth Sense and, and Signs and earlier stuff, and I was like, ah, he can he can come back. And Dave Bautista, Rupert Grint, um, he was building a good cast there. And based off, it was based off a book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one did not knock me out. Um, it, it it was kind of plotting to me and kept going. And then the ending, I was like, well, that was odd. And I looked up the book ending and it's kind of different and better. <laughs> so yeah, that's why that one made me list. And then most disappointing, number one, um, it's not the worst movie ever. Like people say on Twitter, we do this every other superhero movie, but I, I do have quantum mania here uh, walking. Man, out of it's the... called Kang the movie, not Ant-Man. Love quantum <laughs> it's Kang the yeah. Movie. And that's part of the reason. Uh, <laughs> so disappointing. No, Kang, Kang was the best part of that, but um, it, it was just, that's all it was. <laughs> it did. This one really did kind of feel like setting up for another movie. Uh, with Ant Man kind of sprinkled in there, and and his uh, his family and everything. So, uh, yeah, I, I defended it a little bit out of the theater, but the it's one of those. The more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I didn't like the direction they went for this, and and how some parts were handled. So, yeah, there's there's that number one Quantum Mania. Okay, Shane, you're up, sir. So my honorable mention is Renfield. Because really? you told you told me I was gonna get Nick Cage Dracula. I'm looking at whatever studio produced it. I don't remember. Oh, uh, ben Studio. Ben Studio. Yeah, look at him. And I'm just like, I was so ready for Nick Cage Dracula and this deep dive into a hilarious look at toxic relationships. And what I got was some kind of mafia movie with Ben Schwartz. And cop corruption with Aquafina, I'm just like, what the shit is this? And so I was very disappointed. I could have used at least five, 10, 15 minutes more of Nick Cage in this movie. But no, we got like maybe 10 minutes of Nick Cage in this movie. And what's even worse, it made me want to see a remake of Dracula with him in it. That first couple of minutes, I'm like, best part of the movie. And just like, no, I I was hopeful that it would be a lot of fun, and I didn't have fun. All I did was sit there being like, why are we spending time with these people? Who are these people? You're not Dracula. You're not Renfield. Where's that support group that was at least humorous and had something something to say? So, yeah, that was my honorable mention. My number one most disappointing movie of the year is Master Gardener. This is written and directed by Paul Schrader, the man who wrote Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and First Reformed. And then I watched this movie and said, this feels like a watered down version of every other one of his movies. And like, I expected things to happen because, you know, it's a movie. You expect things to happen. Nothing really happened. And then they expect me to fall for this, like, love story. And I'm like, no. 
And like at least Joel Edgerton's like going in there doing an interesting performance. Sigourney Weaver's character in that movie messed up and racist, like very uncomfortably racist. But you know the whole movie's supposed to be about racism and stuff like that. And I just feel like this is like one of the greatest screenwriters in the history of Hollywood. And this felt like somebody's like you want to get like three million dollars to make the, a movie and she's like fine and just kind of half-assed it so there are my thoughts on master gardener not worth it so your honorable mention was what was it again Shane? renfield renfield i i actually just watched it when i was out of town in colorado this past weekend i didn't hate it i'm glad i didn't you know go to the movies and waste one of my a-list spots on it but I mean, first of all, first of all, I love Aquafina as much as an expert. I I love her more than most. Well, that's the thing. I love Aquafina and I love Ben Schwartz. I just didn't get why they were in this movie. I don't get why Aquafina is a cop. I was laughing my ass off every time she shot a gun. That was hilarious. <laughs> and no offense to Aquafina, I was just like I can't take her seriously as a cop. I just I couldn't. No. Um, ben Schwartz was in a different movie. He, I don't even know what the hell that was, but I they, can't say it was. They paid him, like, probably walked up to the set of the Muppets Mayhem, got him out of his office trying to get Animal a job, and was like, hey, do you have five days? If that, so we can shoot this movie? That's what it felt like. You know, it just got dumped in April, and you can, you, you, you see why. It, Shane, there's a, there's a good movie in there. If it just focus on Renfield and Dracula, just on those two, there's a good movie in there. But you throw in the movie, you throw in the mob stuff. It's it's bad. It's all just bad. So, but I I I don't know. The action scenes were fun. That's why I couldn't say it was disappointing. I had fun with the action sequences. They they were entertaining. Ripping people's arms off and beating them to death with it. So entertaining. (laughs) All right, my turn. So for my honorable mention, this was my number three most anticipated movie of the year. Ant-Man, The Lost Quantumania disappointed me so, so much. And yet, I've watched it a, cu- a couple times now here at the house. I think now I'm just going to look at one of those guilty pleasure watches just for the performance of Jonathan Majors alone. And uh, if Paul Rudd's fine. Michelle Pfeiffer is definitely another MVP, too. She's given a lot more to do. But where those trailers had me hyped, Peyton Reed hyped this thing up. It was the start of Phase 5. And what a letdown. Just a big old letdown, guys. When I saw, oh, I just, Peyton Reed and John Watts, even if they're given great material, like the Spider-Man movies, it's just Don't, like, that, you better watch it. You better fucking watch it, Shane. I was just going to say that the direction is very flat. I love the, I love all three of those Spider-Man movies, but by far the weakest part of them is the direction. Most of the time, it just... He's better than Peyton Reed, but don't I don't you, know why don't Peyton you, Reed. Don't you nod and lift your head up in the air, Ben. Don't you start? Don't you start pondering? I don't know why Peyton Reed keeps making all these Marvel movies. Oh, he's done now. He's done after this. He's he's done. I, I he's, hope so. He's not. He's this, this, that 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 was it for him. So, but my ah, uh, I have another honorable mention. I don't even know if I wanted to cut talk about it. But you know, I want to love me some Shailene Woodley. So I watched Robots. Holy fuck! That movie is awful. It has zero on Rotten Tomatoes. You want to talk about people with no chemistry? No chemistry. This movie is not funny. The the romance falls flat. This is a dull-ass movie. 
I'm not even going to apologize. I, I, Shane Lee, and I can't defend you on this one. This was shit. Absolute shit. I am looking forward, though, Shane, to seeing her other movie, uh, To Catch a Killer. I feel that's a little wow. bit better. You know what? I was literally typing that in as a quick honorable mention for surprising. Yeah, good, because I'm probably going to try to spend, uh, you know, like two hours it, over the weekend and watch it. Is it worth paying 20 bucks to rent it? Oh, I've, I've already purchased for $25 on Voodoo, so... That's too well, there me. you go. Then you don't see <laughs> it's already done, sunk cost. So you're gonna watch it anyway. Exactly. Um, it's a. I really liked it. I thought it was a really rock solid, well done, really well directed, well acted crime thriller. All right, well, well, so, so your thoughts there for a second. I gotta get to my number one or most disappointing. Okay. <sighs> Not Ben. Look, I don't ask for a lot for my rom coms. I just need good, good leads. In the roles, good leads, and you know your 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 woman then was supposed to be in this movie, and she dropped out. Ghosted was just, uh, boy, that was disappointing. That was uh, but I don't know what that was. It has moments. Chat GPT. <laughs> you know what? See, it has. <laughs> it's a film of moments. There is glimpses of great chemistry with Andre Armas and Chris Evans here and there. Who was supposed to be in it? Scarlett Johansson was supposed Anthony. to be in this, in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she dodged a bullet. Yeah. She, Wait she a minute. Then it would have just literally been like half the cast of like the Avengers. I know. It would have been perfect. <laughs> but they just... I, it's another bad... It's just, oh, you, know, you know what's going to happen. The story is just a recycled plot. Nothing's funny. The best part was Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. So that was the best part of this entire movie. So weird. So weird. But so I, I didn't care. I didn't care. And Ryan Reynolds, of course, pops up at the end, too, for some fucking reason. But I was like, you know what? It's I'm going to have a good just around everywhere. I swear to God. I feel like he's just going to pop up an episode and be like, hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, my God. Yeah. Chat GPT definitely wrote Ghosted. <laughs> and I swear, if it wasn't Chris Evans, his character would have been the like his character still is extremely creepy mm-hmm. and just despicable and weird. And then you throw Chris Evans in it, and then they're like, "You won't think about it." Just look at him; he's pretty. Look, look, look at Chris pretty. Evans, and he it almost got me. And I'm like, then I'm sitting there thinking, like, that's really weird. That's really weird to say. See, now you're not tricking me, movie. I see what you're doing here. And look, I wasn't looking for a lot from this movie. I wasn't like the next when Harry met Sally or the next great action rom com or anything, but give me something to just some good two hour fun. This movie goes on for way too long. I forgot yep. the story already. The best thing about actually the best thing about this movie is Adrian Brody. I take that back. Adrian Brody's fucking phenomenal in this. He was having a blast. <laughs> Loved him in this. Uh, and poor under the arm is just a just a not a not a good streak for her right now. Deep water, blonde. Now this, it is not. But you, you know what, Ben? Consideration at least for blonde. Damn it, so, I don't have it up here. But then you know what? There's always war dogs. There's always war dogs, Ben. That's right. I love her. There's so always much. that inevitable Amazon spinoff of her character from No Time to Die because. They need to make their shared James Bond universe and make the most out of buying MGM. Hey, you know, they got that Creed comic coming out. So, you know, there you go. 
for some fucking reason. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to the most surprising now, gentlemen. Most right. surprising. I'll go ahead and kick, this off, kick things off this go around. Champions, it's my all to mention. This movie is delightful. What a delightful little sports movie. Woody Harrelson's great. The kids uh, in this movie, Shane, are just spectacular. Oh, they are. Like, and then the the girl who shows up about halfway through, telling telling Woody Harrelson who's boss. I'm like, I fucking love you. <laughs> she is great. There is one downside to this movie, and that is uh, that's Dee's a bird, Miss Olsen. She's just hey, leave Dee alone. <laughs> Um, Caitlin Olsen is uh D, yeah D. She's 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 something. She's. Can you imagine if instead of Woody Harrelson they got uh Mac? Oh God, yes. You know what? <laughs> I don't know. That movie might have been really mean spirited. Then I don't know if he knows how to be a nice person, Shane. <laughs> but yeah, Woody Harrelson's fantastic. It's a it's just like really good feel good, you know, heartwarming story. And the basketball mm-hmm. is actually a lot of fun and. Yeah, it's just a good time. It was a good watch. It was a good watch. It was worth paying the $24.99 for. I think I paid $24.99 for. I don't even know anymore. But the real surprise here, and I just watched this in Colorado, and I was like, holy shit, this might be the horror movie of the year so far. Shannon, I saw you saw it too. We got to talk about Influencer. Holy shit. That 30-minute in cold open. Like, wait a minute. I was like, holy shit, they pulled a fresh on us. They pulled a fresh on us. Shutter sucks. That whole platform is terrible. And actually, I reactivated my account, Ben, just for this movie. And I was like, don't have to pay. It doesn't suck. It's awful. There's great horror movies on there. Well, I'm not a horror fan. So, you know, I, I take what I can get. Well, it basically just absorbed by the worst streaming service, AMC Plus. So, oh, I think we're gonna talk about Tubi, but okay, that makes that makes sense too. But uh, I'm gonna talk about this person again, probably a little later. But Cassandra Nod or Nod, as they pronounce her last name, Shane Nod, no, not sure. Uh, yeah, she's gonna be in a lot of horror movies coming up in the near future. She is a menace. She is creepy as fuck. There is a shot of her, Ben, where she's kind of like tied up and she's and it's like really dark out. And the guy turns around and you just see her running. I was like, shit. It, this movie is uh Shane, this is a movie. And I loved it so freaking much. I'm I'm gonna talk about it again a little later, but yeah, influencer is fantastic. A welcome surprise. Um yeah, as far as like streaming movies go, too, one of the best. Mm-hmm. One of the best. Of it. What a fantastic thriller. So, Mr. Conto, you're up next. Just to reiterate, to ki- uh, to catch a killer, worth checking out. How uh, Shailene Woodley? she good? I think she does a good job. Her and Ben okay. Mendelsohn, who is the killer, who I'm not going to say. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. They, they definitely try to do like a Kevin Spacey in Seven kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, but the actor who did is really unnerving and works. Um, we're going to turn the clock back for my honorable mention to FUH January. Um, a little movie called Megan. <laughs> this movie was a horror movie dropped in January and had no right to be anything more than a half a star or a star movie. And I had so much fun with Megan. This is like, I. it's not quite on like 
RoboCop level of really dark humor, biting commentary on capitalism and stuff like that. Had its moments, though, and I really enjoyed it. Megan was a lot of fun. But my number one is a movie about the smartphone that I never even once thought about owning. And in a world where Social Network made us believe that you can make a movie about anything, Blackberry. Like... In what world is one of the best movies of the year about the making of Blackberry? Starring Hiccup and Dennis. So, I'll get into this more later, because it's also on another list of mine. But, like, I'm just, you know, love surprises like that. It's great. I am excited because it actually comes out on digital this weekend. So I'm going to watch it uh, probably Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. Didn't think I'm going to time to see Spider-Verse this weekend, but I am just, I've, I've been dying to see this movie, Shane, because I've been hearing nothing but good things about it. And IFC, another company that I like, they they they, made, they put a lot of good stuff out. Yeah. They always have that one movie every year that just really catches me off guard. A couple Them, of- Neon, and A24 just out there being like, see, we make cinema. <laughs> you know you know where I, you know where Sleeping Other People came from, Ben? IFC. The greatest rom-com of all time. Which movie? Sleeping with other people. Allison Brie, Jason Sudeikis. Shane hasn't heard of it. We haven't. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's, I'm, that's just kidding. I'm just kidding. I've never watched it, <laughs> but I've heard of it. All those goddamn fucking movies you have in that goddamn background. You haven't seen Sleeping with other people. <laughs> God damn it, Shane. <laughs> but he's probably heard of Boogaloo Booga, 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 from Shudder or something like that. Who knows? Sequel's coming out soon, yeah. Yeah, Boogaloo Booga, 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 Booga. <laughs> Uh, Boogaloo to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Ben, it's your turn. All right. Well, Boogaloo 3, Boogaloo's aside, Ben. <laughs> so, I, looking through lists, I, there, there's several that I still need to see that I feel like would make my surprising list um, that I didn't get to catch in theaters. But anyway, this is what I have right now. Honorable mention to Scream 6, which uh, everyone knows I'm not the biggest fan of this franchise, but Scream 6 was was pretty fun uh, watching theaters. The first half is my favorite part of the whole franchise. It was great, flipped the tropes and everything on its head. Um I didn't know where it was going next, and the the kills were gnarly, and it was I was enjoying myself. Um, and then the second half, uh, a little less so, but still one of the uh, highlights of this year. Number two, uh, Little Mermaid, which I saw the other day. Uh, not amazing, but as far as the Disney remakes go, there it's it's pretty good. And like Shane said before we started, when I was talking to him, that's not a very high bar. Um, but still, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was, you know, with them going through all these movies and stuff, I figured this one was going to come up at some point and I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. But Halle Bailey does really good in the role. Um, Melissa McCarthy eats up Ursula. Uh, she, she was, yeah, she was fantastic. Um, and David Diggs as Sebastian was another standout. I thought, um, you even got to rap. Yeah, yep, you did. <laughs> and Aquafina. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Wait, Rod, did you not know Lin Manuel Miranda wrote the lyrics for the new songs? 
I look, I have yet to go out to watch a little mermaid. And now that I hear a crab is going to rap in this movie, I, I don't know if I'm going to. That's not even the craziest part. It's Aquafina as Scuttle rapping yeah. for most of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, a, not a highlight from the movie for that part. But <laughs> the the visuals, I thought, were pretty good for the most part. And um, they, they add some stuff to the story that I liked. But then there's also a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of time added that wasn't. Needed. Question before you move on. Yeah. I heard some of from few inch, I heard the underwater stuff is kind of shaky. Is that true? I like I said, I haven't seen it yet. So, but I've heard underwater too stuff dark. Be... Oh, okay, like it's not even like the Ursula scenes. Like other scenes, I'm just like, this is so dimly lit. <laughs> and like, I get it. It's how the ocean actually is. Yeah. But like, this is why this worked as a cartoon. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> but yeah, if it. Someone was to choose a remake to watch again. I wouldn't be so so mad. It would be this one, if that makes sense. All right, number one. This one will show up a little bit later too. Um, somewhere in Queens. This is a Ray Romano directed and starring movie, and I went and saw this because I was too scared to see uh, Evil Dead Rise, and I was like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I like everybody loves Raven. And uh, and Ray Romano, so let's check this out. And I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't add a whole lot new to this genre of just kind of family drama. And um, it's a, a, a his son is a high school student playing basketball, getting a scholarship, has a new girlfriend. Um, Who's not Italian? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Italian family besides him. But uh, yeah, and and. Um, yeah, so it's it not anything crazy new, but I did really enjoy it. Um and there there were some surprises to the story, uh especially the second half that I uh I quite enjoyed. So and and left me shedding a tear at the very end too. That I was surprised about. It was done very well. So yeah, somewhere in Queens. I As an Italian American, I felt heard by this movie. Good, good. It gets too <laughs> Nice. And I was making Italian finger Yeah. <laughs> so just so that you all know, it gets two of them way up. Good. <laughs> well, I'm excited to check that one out too, Ben, because that's coming out on digital next week, actually. So I, I'm okay. looking forward to watching uh, that next week. Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was really good. <laughs> on that note, it's time for our ad break. But before we get to our ad break, gentlemen. It's plot. It's time to play a little guessing game here. June is going to be a packed month. We got Spider Verse this weekend. I know we're all excited about that. Next week we've got Transformers. No, never mind. Two weeks from now we have the Flash, Elemental, and we've got Asteroid City. We've got No Hard Feelings, and of course to round out the top it all off, Ben, mm-hmm. June thirtieth. Hmm. Short rounds back? Oh shit! <laughs> what a plot twist that would be. Ewan <laughs> Kwan just pops up in it out of nowhere in his TVA outfit from Loki season two. Oh man, I would, I would just love to see Ben's reaction to that. Be like, man, what, what the fuck? <laughs> I'd probably still enjoy that. He probably would. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Hmm. Gentlemen, 
what will be the highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes? And what will win the box office for the month of June? I'll go first on this one. I think winning the box office, it's going to come down between Spider-Verse and Indiana Jones. I'm pretty sure it's going to Indiana Jones. I don't think regardless of reception, I think there is still a big fan base for Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones. And I think one more go about with this guy, that's enough to get enough people in. Even my grandparents are somewhat excited for this movie. And they don't even like going to the movies. So that just goes to show you. Harrison Ford still got it, I think. We'll find out in a couple weeks. So box office-wise, I think it's going to go to Indiana Jones. Rotten Tomatoes-wise, it's the movie that's coming out this weekend. And that's uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Um, look, by the time this episode come releases, I'm pretty sure all three of us will have seen it. Man, I'm looking forward to this movie so much, man. I was just listening. They, I think they have like bits and pieces of the soundtrack playing uh, on YouTube and stuff. So I kind of listened to that. What's a song called Hummingbird? I was like really digging the beat to it. I'm and the music, the animation, and all the positive word of mouth. I'm, I am just, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm expecting the greatest movie ever, based off of some people's tweets. Like they're saying, it's one of the best movies they've ever seen. And that's not a Spider-Man movie. That's not a comic book movie. It's not an animated movie. It's period. Look, I'm seeing this tomorrow, nine o'clock at night, Shane. So I'm going to go this entire the entire day tomorrow. Just like, okay, relax, relax, chill. Relax. And then as soon as I get out of the car at AMC, okay, greatest movie of all time. I have to go see it right now. It just happens, it happens all the fucking time, Shane. It happens all the time. So I, fingers crossed, though. But yeah, I think Ron Tomales, uh Award is going to go to across Spider Verse. What about you, Shane? What do you think? Who's won the box office first? Um, Indiana Jones. Uh, because one, even though Spider Verse is tracking seventy percent higher than mm-hmm. the last movie's opening, yep. I still think it's going to be tough to beat Indiana Jones, even though the reviews are meh so far out of can. Um. Transformers is tracking for like a $30 million opening weekend, and that's a catastrophe. Like, that is horrendous. And that even looks better than Transformers movies. Um, Flash is even, last time I saw it tracking at $70 million opening weekend for a $220 million movie, which is not good. I think it'll have much better legs than Black Adam, but it's not looking great. And I don't think Elemental has a whole lot of... One, the reviews aren't looking great. And two, Disney hasn't been killing it with animated movies out there. No. And we still have Super Mario Brothers, which is like... And just... Woohoo! And just go right into just enjoying a bunch of silliness for 90 minutes. You know what's impressive about that, too? Before I ask you about Ron Tomatoes. Uh, Mario, it's like... I don't know how many weekends it's been out now. Made like another eight million dollars over the weekend. Yeah, and it's been on digital for a, a couple of weeks now. Yeah, impressive. It's at two point one point two seven four billion dollars after this weekend worldwide, yeah. and it's probably not going to pass Incredibles two. But if I'm not mistaken, it's the fourteenth highest domestic grossing film of all time. Yeah, worldwide it definitely has, but I, I mean, it passed Frozen. I mean, this thing is just—I'm surprised Illumination hasn't greenlit a sequel already. Oh, they're already working on it. That we are gonna get the Super Smash Brothers melee shared universe. Oh, we definitely are. It's gonna happen. 
We are we definitely we're definitely <laughs> getting that. Insane. We are definitely um, getting that. Uh and I just feel like Indiana Jones is gonna have that nostalgia and stuff like that going for it. There's there's some movies this month that are gonna really underperform and it's sad and that's bad for movies. Well, you know, uh, one, I think a part of that too, Shane, is just, you know, COVID happens, so a lot of things got pushed back. It's just a packed month, but I think you, you talk about legs. I think Spider-Verse got the best legs of it, all these movies coming 100%. out this month. I think people are going to keep going back and watching this over and over again. I Well, and I think be too, because, well, I think it's going to be a tough sell for parents to keep bringing their kids back to a two-hour and 20-minute animated movie. Right. That's going to be tough, but the thing is, it's like, you're going to have the comic book nerds who think this is going to be the greatest comic book movie of all time. So, like, we're going to keep going back and back and back and back. And there's literally one animated movie out there. And it's Super Mario Brothers, which is also on digital now, so you can watch it at home. And there's been so much backlog of that market this year. I think it has a real good chance of killing it. But I overall think this month's going to disappoint. But I do think Indiana Jones is probably going to make the most money. Easy answer for the Rotten Tomatoes one, Spider-Verse. Like, by far. I Like, yeah, because even Wes Anderson's too... I think he, he has reached too weird for everybody <laughs> to give him positive reviews. Like, I probably will. That's my shit. But, like, there's still at least 20% of people who are going to be like what so i think spider-verse is gonna win that easy and you talk about ben before you go like it's a packed month i forgot another movie that shit i've been looking forward to a lot coming up this weekend is past lives i've been looking forward to this movie for a couple weeks now it's, I got it's not even playing anywhere screening the same night as the flash press screening and i have to make a choice flash <laughs> well i already chose flash because i don't want that spoiled for me yeah. so um, I'll wait to find past lives somewhere. Um, but yeah, that well, that might have the highest rating. Hmm? Yeah, it might. It might. Yeah, that that'll be that'll be close. It'll yeah. be interesting. All right, Ben. What's on the box office, and who's going to have the highest Rotten Tomatoes? Well, I don't uh, follow the numbers as closely or, or remember them as well. So I was thinking. Um, Across the Spider Verse, but I'm happy to hear that both of y'all think uh, Indiana Jones with the uh, the amount of popularity and and uh, fans for for coming back to that. Um, I guess the now thinking about it, the fourth one did do pretty well, didn't it? Yeah, it made over 700 million worldwide. So yeah, okay. Um, so I will I will happily go along <laughs> with y'all for Indy, and then um, yeah, w- without a doubt for me was. Uh, Spider-Verse for Rotten Tomatoes is going to be the highest. Looking forward to that spoiler review, then. Oh, yeah. Spider-Verse. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that, DJ Ben, go ahead and uh, drop that beat. We're going to take a quick ad break, and then we're going to get into some more goodness for our 2020 piece of Pearl and some more surprise questions throughout the rest of the episode. Ooh. Oh. Mm. And hit it. What the hell did I tell you about that? <laughs> to not do.
And we are back. What's up, y'all? <laughs> we had a bathroom break. We went across the Spider-Verse. Now we're back. Good times, Ben. Good mm-hmm. times across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. So let's continue this conversation, gentlemen, shall we? Let's let's get into our top five performances of the year. Now, last year, you know, at this time, I hadn't seen Tar yet, but if Tar had come out at this point in time last year, I would have already said, you know, Kate Blanchett Tar, and that would have been the end of that. But I think my favorite performance leading up to last year, but I think was Dakota Johnson, Charles Rose Smith, or somebody else. Maybe Colin Farrell for Pink One. I'm pretty sure it was Dakota Johnson at, this point, at that point in the year last year. This year, Ben, it is an interesting year. A lot of good performances, a lot of good performances and bad movies as well. So it's, it's, it's interesting how my list has kind of turned out. And a lot of good performances and movies that people aren't talking about. But I'm not going first. We're going to go to our buddy Shane first. Let's off uh, his top five performances of the year. Mr. Kanto, please. Uh, my number five is Julia, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. For you hurt my feelings. Damn it, she was an honorable mention of mine. Damn it, Shane. I, uh, she brought it. I her and her and Tobias Menzies had great chemistry too. Like he's definitely an honorable mention for me. He had this quiet, quirky, weird, awkward performance, but like she brought a lot of emotion, and you know, she's come a long way from being just Elaine from Seinfeld and Veep, and she gives a fantastic performance in this. Um, my number four is Glenn Howerton from Blackberry. Of course, he has the big yelly moments and has some of the best line whole entire movie. Some of the things he says is hilarious, but there's a there's a quiet insecurity that he brings to this role that's very interesting. And how the film is shot in like that office style where there's a creeping camera seeing intimate moments like that. I think he does a really good job of adding layers to it. Um, the smallest performance, I think, out of all of these is my number three, which is Rosie McEwen from a new drama, Blue Jean, that's going to be coming out. She plays a closeted lesbian gym teacher at a school. And this is a period piece. So this takes place a couple, like, I think it's like late 80s, early 90s kind of thing. And she just gives a very passionate and at times having to be very reserved kind of performance and very tortured in the way that like she can't really like fully live her life um definitely the weirdest performance on my list is number two joaquin phoenix in bo's afraid because say what you will about whatever this movie is um he is incredible i this side of george clooney paranoid face i don't think i've seen somebody play paranoid so well as Joaquin Phoenix in this movie and he I felt so the amount of empathy he's just pouring out in this movie I felt so bad for him for all three hours of this movie um and my number one from the film a thousand and one is Tiana Taylor who just showed up just tore it up and ripped my heart out and just such an amazing performance like there was literally five people in my press screening besides my wife and I and we walked down everybody was just like killed it she like that was so powerful but those are my favorite performances 
All right. Thank you, Shane. I'll go ahead and go next. So my all but mentions. Shane already mentioned one earlier. Julie Louis Dreyfus for You Hurt My Feelings. Saw that while I was in Colorado. Was, uh, you know, Shane, I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie itself, per se. But she, like you said, she bought it. She was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good to see her being kind of in a vulnerable position. She was very vulnerable. It's a very emotional performance. Mm-hmm. It's quite funny, too, though. There's a lot of... And that opening to that movie alone, too, Shane, I was like, that the perfect, perfect way to open that this kind of movie. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Bo was Afraid. Uh, he, you definitely, you, you kind of mentioned that earlier, Shane. You know, he really feel for the guy for all three fucking hours of this goddamn movie. Um, it was definitely an experience. Uh, Bo was afraid. Joaquin, it, it, it's a, I think it's a top five performance for me, Shane. I, I really, really he just keeps getting better. Like yeah. he goes into a new movie, kills it. I'm going to be mentioning another performance of his coming the rest of this year towards one of the other categories, but I'll leave that in my back pocket. Okay. And then, uh, as well as not the last time I'll be talking about this movie either, but Storm Reed and Missing. I loved her. This movie does not work if she does not bring it. Uh, she she has to carry a lot of this film, about 98% of it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and you really feel, I mean, we kind of see the movie for, through her eyes, but as she's discovering things, she does this good job of just relaying those emotions, relaying that fear. It's she career best performance from her. Absolutely, no doubt. And then, uh, God, I keep forgetting how to pronounce her name, Shane, but uh, Cassandra Nod for Influencer, one of the best villains of the year. Not my favorite villain of the year, but she is just goddamn terrifying. All right, my number five. Shane, I think I saw you review this. I haven't had a chance to watch the review yet, but Sydney Sweeney in reality. God damn. I watched that before work yesterday because it's like an hour and 23 minutes. And I'm just like, that movie was stressful. Stressful. And she does a really good job of portraying that. I'm not really hiding anything. I'm hiding anything, but I don't really know what's going on. Oh, she, she killed it. I think career best. I'm not sure yet, Shane. I don't know. I don't know if it's a career best, but she is outstanding in the movie. Mm -hmm. Number four. I know we can't really talk about him a lot right now, but I got to give up my man, Jonathan Majors as Kang. Um, he is the best part about this movie, hands down. Don't know how much more we're going to see of him because of his personal problems, but I still want to just, you know, mention that he's still one of my favorite performances of the year. It feels weird saying that because of all the legal troubles, but hmm. he's ferocious as Kang. And God, I, I hope whatever he's got going on, I hope it gets resolved and, we can see, keep seeing him play King. I, I doubt it, though, at this point. All the evidence, evidence seems to be going against him at this point. So, But I could not talk about it because I'm a big fan of this of this guy, and he was he was really, really strong as King. Um, you know, separating the art from the actor, right? And yeah, his performance was has to be noted. Number three, Shane, I'm surprised I didn't hear you as an – this is an honorable mention – Patty Lupone, Lupine, Lupone, Lupine. <laughs> and Bo was afraid. She scared I, me. She that's why she's my number three. She is fucking terrifying, man. This is a I don't think I've been this scared of a performance maybe since when was the last time I was this scared of somebody. If you have mother issues in the slightest. Not the movie for you. No. Not the movie for you. And oh. she makes an entrance. In the third act of this movie, it's like, oh shit. Yep. 
and you see it coming, you know what's happening, and yet she still just comes out of the shadows, and it's like, fuck. She gets in your head. It is, and also Zoe Lister Jones, as a younger version of her, deserves some praise too. She is fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, Patty, is it Lupine? Lupone? Shane? And Patty Lupone, uh, Lupone, I think it is. Lupone. She's like, yeah. I'm pretty sure she's like a really famous, like, Broadway performer. Well, you, I could tell. She's, yeah, she she brings it. She was fantastic. Number two, another major performance, but Creed three. Um, His Damien. We talked about earlier, you know, kind of how you sympathize with villains. He does a really good job making you sympathize with them. And then he has that heel turn, which we're all expecting. And yet you still kind of root for the character. Major does a really good job of making you still root for him because he, mm-hmm. you see where he's coming from. Yeah. You see why he's feeling so hurt. Uh, God damn it, Jonathan. I wish you'd just stay out of fucking trouble. God damn. My number one is a performance from a movie that no one has really talked about. I think I've only seen maybe like one or two Instagram accounts where we talk about it. That's Florence Pugh and a good person. This is a it was great. This is a um, vulnerable. She is raw. It is. It's hard to watch. Just seeing her trying to get drugs from her friend. There is a conf- a conflict with her trying to get some drugs from her friend. She tries to play it off as nice and everything, and it just it it goes downhill. But there is a conversation, I think she knows, between her and Morgan Freeman in the, I guess, the third act or the start of the third act. Yeesh, yeesh. By the way, Morgan Freeman deserves a lot of praise, too. But Florence Pugh, yep. what more can be said about this act? She is one of the best actresses working today. And this performance proves I, I almost like this much Shane Ben as Midsommar. She is, it's, she's vulnerable here. And she has, she's asked to do a lot. And By her ex. Yep. <laughs> directing her. Yep. And it, it's weird because Zach Braff, like, he gets the best out of his actors, but the script is just, you know, but like I still enjoy the movie very here. much. Yeah. But the script is just kind of, you know, he's asking Florence to do a lot and she delivered. Mm-hmm. She really did. So, yeah, those are my top five performances Florence, Jonathan, uh, Patty, Jonathan again, and Sydney Sweeney. All right, Ben, you're up. All right. Well, excellent choices. And I'd like to reiterate again, there's several movies <laughs> that I have not seen because I don't think I'd seen any on uh, Shane's list that he shouted out. Um, so I'm going to go the, the blockbuster route this time. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but hopefully by year's end, it will change. Um, not that these are bad, but so anyway, uh, number five. Yeah, this will be a shocker then. So I, Donnie Yen and John Wick Chapter Four, yes. <laughs> just so good. I love his character. So I much. almost put him on my top yeah. five list. Because okay, yeah. I was struggling. Amazing. I was struggling. I wanted to too. All right, that makes me feel better. Um, so great. Good job, Shane. Good job. <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah, introducing him in the fourth movie. Um, but yeah, he he plays We're definitely so well. Off. Like, oh, I hope hundred so. yeah. percent. All right, good, good, good. And I'm I'm totally down for that. Um, if that's hopefully that's John Wick five, um, but I don't know. We'll see what's going on with all that. Anyway, uh, number four. This is where I have uh, Ray Romano in somewhere in Queens, and part of it's probably because he directed it too. Uh, kind of latch that in, but um, he does his usual, um, you know, low tone voice comedy stuff. But there's uh, like I was saying, there's some moments that that tug to my heartstrings too. 
and and he has some good uh, dramatic chops that he shows off in this. Um, he's also his wife is uh, Lori Metcalf, who's awesome and everything too. Yeah, and honorary um, paisan points coming in there playing an Italian woman. Yeah, <laughs> he's a great Italian mother. Yeah, it, it really well. Uh, number three is where yeah, I have Jonathan Majors as well. Um, and kind of dual role because the the uh, the camaraderie and then uh, antagonism between uh, him and Michael B. Jordan and Creed three uh, is is excellent. Um, and I reiterate everything you said, brought about how you know separate personal life from actor. Um, but he's both of them are are fantastic in this movie. And yeah, from the beginning with their, I could tell. They were really good friends, but it's also there's a disconnect there now, and they they pull that off so well, and then how that grows further throughout the movie, um, and and how furious um, Majors gets in that role, and that that final battle is just so awesome um, in the in the ring. So that was excellent to watch. Number two, um, this is where I have Matt Damon and Air. Which I, I I just like air a lot. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, Matt Damon was yeah really good. He had he, I mean he has the major role, but uh, I feel like he he handles it well. There's uh, the the comedy bits that he's always good at. He, he's kind of the straight man, I guess, because there's a lot of like loud phone conversations and <laughs> some with uh, Chris Messina, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and some other characters that are more. Um, defined maybe or have you know defining characteristics but he holds it together and uh it made me really really enjoy the movie and then my number one abby Ryder fortson and are you there god it's me margaret uh had seen her in a couple things before as kind of the more you know innocent kid and everything as as she is but she really blew me away in this movie um i'm very excited to see what she does in the rest of her career as well but yeah, she. I have not uh, read the book. I had heard about it, and then saw this getting good reviews. So I, you know, decided to see it uh, because I was still too scared to see Evil Dead Rise. And uh, she was, she was fantastic. Um, so yeah, happy writer for the number one. All right, let's move on, gentlemen. Now to our top five films of the year so far. Two more categories to go. This is a big one. This is a big one. So why don't you go ahead, Ben, and get, get things started? All right. So five through one. Yes. So again, blockbusters. Here we go. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, number five. This is why I have John Mike four. It was uh, so awesome. Uh, Keanu Reeves coming back once again. Um, they, it went places that I didn't expect it to at the end as well. And somehow it just it built on the action scenes of the previous three. Uh, got bigger and better. That stairs fight is still imprinted in my brain. <laughs> as well as the apartment fight with the amazing cinematography. And yeah, <laughs> seeing this. Hey, yep. Side note, if this doesn't get nominated, if Dan Lafson 
does not get nominated for cinematography for John Wick Chapter 4, the whole Academy can go F themselves. <laughs> Just putting it out there very plainly. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, plus, the experience of seeing this uh, early viewing with uh, my friend Roman was, was a lot of fun. So, Number four, Creed 3. Uh, I had rewatched Rocky and watched for the first time the rest of the franchise before seeing this. So I had a lot of, you know, built up hype for it, um, seeing all that stuff. And this one was very, very good. I feel like it's it's a little behind that first Creed because that's the first one's like a near masterpiece to me. Um, but but this one makes some changes, takes some swings. <laughs> um and even does uh, not feature <laughs> Stallone, who started it all. But I did not miss him watching the movie um, because Michael B. Jordan makes it his own and tells the story in new ways and adds some new things that I, I really enjoyed. Number three, Marvel Shield Incoming, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Uh, very much enjoyed it. I felt like I was <laughs> going to enjoy it from the outset, but... Um, you know, even stuff behind the scenes with James Gunn coming back to finish the trilogy is awesome. Um, and then him bringing his flair like he always does with the soundtrack and the humor, which I think was a little more toned down and, and better than uh, Volume 2. But the um, emotional parts are still there, of course, and, and very impactful. And going with Rocket's backstory and everything was... Uh, interesting and and still heartbreaking even though i kind of knew what it was going to be uh going into it from from the video games and stuff so that's number three number two air this one surprised me a lot um with the cast and everything i was like oh this this you know should be good good time in the theater but i thoroughly enjoyed this movie um i talked about it a little bit before but with um all the comedy bits and um viola davis especially bringing some gravitas um to the role and, and even not seeing michael jordan fully <laughs> the the actor that played him i thought choices like that were really smart um and then added to the the realism of uh of the story and telling the story that i didn't fully know which is interesting uh and the soundtrack too here is is quite kick-ass number one Huge surprise for me. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Um, I will recommend this to everyone. And like I said before, I hadn't read the book, but I'd you know, heard of it, but didn't even know what it was about fully. Uh, but the the movie was excellent, and it deals with um, you know, a girl trying to find out about herself and her place in the world. It's you know another coming of age movie, but it's just it's done so well. And from what I've heard, it adapted the book very well. Um, Acting across the board, I called out Abby Ryder Fortson before, but um, Rachel McAdams, who we had a whole episode on, check that out too. Uh, Benny Safty and even uh, Kathy Bates is they're they're, they're all excellent. Um, and it yeah. me a bit seeing Rachel McAdams reach. I'm a mom in movies. <laughs> yeah, <It's> like <laughs> she's a mom. <laughs> yeah, she was great though. I loved her in yeah. this. Yes, she is. Um, so yeah, there's that. There's that little bit of uh, you know religious 
aspects, but it's it's not the entire movie. It's also um, just kind of teenage day to day life <laughs> and and growing up as a as a teenage girl. And I was cracking up as well as uh, shedding some tears by the end. And also, just walking out of the theater, I had I was just in the happiest mood. I was elated. I took a walk around the the village there. It was it was great. So I highly highly recommend that. And it was big. It's funny because that was the reaction that most of the women in my theater had was they walked out crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, my wife was like, "I want to call," uh, and even the PR woman was like, "I want to call my mom right now." Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was a beautiful reaction. Mm -hmm. All right, Shane, you're up. So just to give context, so I've seen 317 movies of 2023 so far. I'm sorry, you've seen what? 317. Okay. <laughs> just so like these really got me. So that these are my top five at this point. No shit. <laughs> I thought that was a joke at first. But I thought you were joking yeah, too. Yeah. I think I've no. seen 17. I have a spreadsheet. Okay. <laughs> Shit. I, I have a full of movies. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. So man. my number five is a Hulu original film, Bruiser. And this was a drama about like a 14-year-old boy who's caught between his estranged father and his stepfather. And I feel like it really deals with some heavy trauma. And this is from director Miles Warren making his directorial debut. Jalen Hill plays Darius, this young man. And it's Trevante Rhodes and Shamir Anderson. And Shamir Anderson will pop up again in another one of my movies. Um, but they do such amazing work in this film. There's so much emotion. And it comes to a really intense, unexpected third act that like this left me reeling afterwards watching this movie. Speaking of, my number four is 1001. Tiana Taylor is amazing. This story is so heavy in terms of dealing with the amount of systematic issues that lead to the fact that like a woman has to literally kidnap her own son to have him in her life. And the roller coaster life that the two of them go on and where this movie takes you is this is something that you're going to be thinking about months later. And hopefully, awards people are thinking about it months from now. Because, like, if this doesn't get a ton of attention for like independent spirit awards, I'd be shocked. Like, I feel like this movie's going to show up there big. Um, that was the, by the way, Shane, but real quick, that was the film that surprised me the most at a Sundance. Uh, was was that movie Tiana Paris? Holy shit! But uh, you talk about, I mean, I don't want to say like spoil anything, but third act is just it, it's Jesus fucking Christ. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now for something completely different. Uh, my number three is Blackberry. This movie should not be this good. Like in the same sense as like air, and I think that I think this is a stronger, tighter, more thrilling kind of film than air is. And I really enjoyed air, but the performances from Jay Baruchel and Glenn Howerton, and I think it's Matt Johnson who directed it and also stars in it. This 
movie is hilarious. It's thrilling. It has a very interesting perspective on the evolution of technology. And boy, does it come to a unfortunate end for everybody in Blackberry. Um, my number two, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. This movie hit me like an emotional freight train. They they nailed it. I think James Gunn came in here and was like, you know what? I'm making one last one of these movies. Um, arguably the best directed movies in the MCU are these Guardians films. And he just comes in here, picks the ball up, gives it to Rocket, and emotionally devastates us. Um, and I'm still, like, you know those moments where sometimes you think about a movie and you get really upset in an uncomfortable moment? Every time I think about Rocket and his friends still hits me in a really emotional way. And I can't even really sit and think about those scenes too long because then I'm going to get emotional again. The music's great. The action, some of the best action you're going to see in a Marvel movie. And just this ensemble's amazing. Chris Pratt probably is doing the best acting that he's done. And like... Karen Gillan's really getting a chance to shine. Uh, Palm Clementif, love her. Mantis is amazing. Dave Batista, no matter how much he thinks this is just a silly role, it means a lot to him, and he goes out. This ending is the my favorite ending of any movie that I've watched this whole entire year, and I'm a Florence and the Machine fan. I am never going to be able to listen to that song the same way ever again. Because of this movie. And the soundtrack's just amazing. And my number one, which should not surprise anybody who knows, is John Wick Chapter 4. Because this was, like, I've been a diehard action movie fan since I was a kid. And this is perfection. Like, this is what you aspire to make as an action movie. This three-hour epic which literally has like four scenes in it, four set pieces in this whole entire movie, that the Continental with Hiroki Sonata and Rina Sawayama, I'm a huge fan of her music now too. She kicked ass. Like I looked up her music afterwards. I'm like, I really like this. And she could beat the crap out of people. This is one of the, this is the best shot movie of this whole entire year. The action is absolutely amazing. Keanu Reeves knows this role so well that he literally cut half the dialogue himself. Because he's just like, John Wick doesn't need... Gun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm back. Um, It's just... And Donnie Yen. It, this... How many movies can you... Franchises can you think of where like the fourth or later installment introduces such an amazing character that you're just like um i need a movie about them immediately like right now and they had it built in ready to go rena sawayama's come back to hopefully it's just this movie blew me away and i got to watch this on an imax screen a press screen that i got to see and this was one of the most amazing experiences once the movie started that night was a hot mess but I made it in and I found a seat three, four rows in front of my friend because we could not find two seats next to each other um, because of 
stuff. But this is just, I cannot wait to the the 4K steel book of this comes out. So I can pop this in my TV and show my wife who couldn't make it that night and just enjoy this so much more over again. Oh, she hasn't seen it yet? No. Oh, she's in for a treat. She is in for a treat. That should be uh, a good day night right there, Shane. I like that. It's a good day night right there. Mm-hmm. Get your girlfriend right to three hours of nonstop John Wick. Goodness. Well, this is why she's my wife. <laughs> She'll sit through three hours of John Wick with me. So did you get the Best Buy Steel book? Oh, I haven't bought it yet. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, when it co- that you know, I have a rule. I don't pay. I don't buy any movie that's more than ten dollars. Um, so like, I'll wait for things to get cheaper. Except, ever so often, there's something I want to buy when it first comes out, and this is going to be one of them. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. So I'm going to do what you guys didn't do and give me some give up some honorable mentions. I can give you plenty if you really want me to. Well, you're the exception, Mr. 317. So here we go. I've only seen 30, not eight movies this year, Shane. Sorry, I can't get to 317. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I told Shane like in December too. I want to make sure I catch up to him by the half a year. Yeah, that that didn't come fucking close. So anyway, <laughs> Shane hit thirty eight by Tuesday of January January second. Anyway, all the mentions, reality. Sydney Sweeney talked about that already, but mm-hmm. the really really good HBO original movie, really tense. Those two guys too, Shane, who play the uh, the FBI agents, Josh Hamilton and uh, Marshawn Davis, I think it was, do a really good job. I like those. They. they very, very threatening, and they, you know, they, they they do that thing, and they hey, how's it going? You know why we're here? And oh, Josh Hamilton was, yeah, yeah, long. Oh. long. He started out as the dad from eighth grade, and then turned into mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, I will mention Super Mario Brothers. I cannot believe how much fun I had in this fucking movie. I, I, I that the, the fact that it's not my top ten guys, it's it's very surprising. A good person. Talked about this already too. Uh, Zach Braff. It's kind of. It would be higher if the script was a little better, but this is a acting showcase for Morgan Freeman and the great Florence Pugh. Yeah. And then influencer, maybe the most underrated horror film of the year so far. Maybe just thriller, Shane. I don't know. Thriller, horror. I guess it's kind of horror. I don't know. Social media horror. You know what? It's labeled as a horror movie. I didn't get a whole lot of horror elements out of it. But boy, is it a thriller. Mm-hmm. Messed up. Yeah, there's some messed up stuff in this movie. But a very satisfying ending, I must say. Very, very satisfying ending. So I wouldn't be surprised, actually, by the end of the year, this might be in my top five. I don't know. I, I want to watch it again. It's it's really, really good. All I have to say is, if you're going to get into a into a profession of, like, grifting people you probably should not have an extremely distinguishable and recognizable face exactly that, that we're just gonna i'm just gonna it. leave it at that leave that was probably that. my biggest gripe with the movie is like nobody noticed this nope. It? nope number five a movie that entered into my top 10 sports film of all time and that is creed trace I love me this Creed franchise, and Creed Three did not disappoint for all the reasons Ben was kind of mentioning earlier. The dynamic between Michael B. Jordan and 
Jonathan Majors is so interesting. It's so fascinating. They play up to them very well. Michael B. Jordan took some risks, took some big swings, like Ben was saying, and they paid off the final, the final battle or the final fight, I should say. Very intense. One of my favorite fights in the Creed well, franchise. Yeah. But I like what the Creed franchise does better than the Rocky movies, at least. They get the character drama right. The character drama is so interesting, so good. There's still some editing choices. I'm like, did we really just not spend... Like, there's a scene where a character dies, and we just kind of brush that away after, like, five minutes. I was like, oh, okay, we're just, we're just over that now. We're, we're training now. Okay. I will have like, to spend a little bit more time, but... <laughs> I, look, I can't watch that training montage. I can't watch that training montage while I'm eating. I just... I, I No, can't do it. Michael, Michael B. Jordan's pulling a plane, and I'm like, okay. Nope. I'm gonna put down this Chick Fil A sandwich now. Yeah, gotta gotta put that away because he's not eating Chick Fil A sandwiches. Number four, missing. I did not expect to. I mean, a January movie is it still in my top five? Mm-hmm. What are you doing to us, January? January has become a hot month now. January messed us up. It did. Even plain had no business being fun. Stupid. <laughs> but you know what? Jared Butler did his thing. I remember getting like movies like Clash of the Titans in January and The Uninvited and The Roommate film. Great, great, great January films from the 2000s. Now we're getting Bad Boys for Life and Missing and all this, all these great January films. Missing to me is might be my favorite thriller since Gone Girl. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say that. I love this movie so much, so much so. And I did the one thing I didn't want to fucking do. I fucking love this movie that much. I got Yay! a goddamn physical media copy. I yes. love this movie so goddamn much. And she is the main reason why Storm Reed is fucking phenomenal in this movie. John Cho uh, searching, Storm Reed missing. Ben Saunders looking. Okay. So. Well, did you see Searching? Oh, yeah. Searching is great. Yeah. Searching is great. Yeah. Yeah. We got a, we got a whole cinematic universe started with Unfriended, continued on with Searching, and now Miss I'm just kidding. But. I, I think Shane, I I like missing more than searching. I think the 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 bond between the father, the mother, and the and the daughter here is a lot stronger than the father daughter bond. And plus, I guess it says that relatability because Storm Reed's kind of around my age as well, so kind of like that fear of where my where's my mom at. And then also the person she has, uh, I'm forgetting the actor's name, um, helping her search for her parents. Yeah. For her mom. I liked him a lot. He brings a lot of good comic relief. My one downside to this movie. The third act becomes a bit of an action movie. And I'm like, okay, what, what's happening here? What, what's going on? It, it, gets, it gets a little too crazy, Shane, but then it comes back together. Mm-hmm. It quickly comes back together and it gives, delivers a very satisfying ending. But yeah, missing to me. Oh, God, love this movie so much. I almost put it number three. I wanted to put it in number three. But damn it. This person right here, that goddamn ghost face. Scream six, guys. Scream 6 is so much fun. Now, like Ben was saying earlier, I am not a fan of the Scream franchise. It didn't really hit me till number 4. I appreciate Scream 1 and have fun with Scream 2, but I'm not a diehard fan. I can't call myself a diehard. I'm not into the, the lore of Scream. What lore? Uh, yeah, Scream 5 happened. I love I love Scream 5. I, Scream 4 gets better as it ages. And Scream 6 is my favorite of the franchise by far. 
what I like about this movie too is how it humanizes a lot of our characters, the core four as we call them now. Mm-hmm. Ortega, Barrera, perfect. They are fantastic in these roles. It made my favorite opening ever to any screen movie, period. I love the opening. Um, so even though Samara Weaving still makes a goddamn stupid fucking decision. But uh, yeah, Ghostface here too is ruthless. Like, I like how he's not tripping over things anymore. And, you know, he calculated smart. And then the Ghostface reveal too. I, I, one of them, I think we kind of all figured out, especially after the whole, daughter died. Like, okay, no, we, we, okay. At that point, I was like, you're, you're, your, your ghost face but the other two i think i caught me completely off guard i was i was very surprised with the ghost face reveals god at first they've been not crying man that was some bad fucking crying crocodile tears yeah, for real thank you now let's go kick some ass what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh courtney cox is great i didn't miss prescott though i didn't miss any prescott in this movie i didn't like ben I wouldn't need Stallone and Creed three. Would yeah. press on this well, either? They there wasn't really room for either of those characters in the stories that they went with, so I think it worked out fine. But I need Scream Seven whenever it happens. When people get stabbed, I need them to stay fucking dead. There's a couple characters here who get stabbed pretty pretty brutally. One of them's running running to her friends, and other one's like, "I'm I'm all right, I'm okay," and kissing General Ortega. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. And then Kirby's still kicking it though. So she was great. Back. She was great to see back. They had a purpose for her and I liked her in this, but yeah, Scream 6 is, then it's in my top 10. It's close to my top five favorite horror movies of all time. It, I I was watching it the other day uh, and I just, I'm still so fucking entertained by this movie. Speaking of entertaining, number two, then I, no action movie. Not since Mission Impossible Fallout. Sean Wick Chapter 4. Holy fuck. Well, that's because I'm, Mission Impossible and John Wick are on a whole different plane of existence when it comes to action movies. They really, they really are. They really are. But I was not expecting John Wick 4 to be a fucking masterpiece. Because I'm a big fan of John Wick 3. I thought John Wick 2 was a you know, it was fun. Step down, John Wick 1. You know, just one of the biggest surprises of the 2010s. But John Wick 4, guys. Shane, as like you said, the cinematography should definitely get an Oscar nomination. This has the most stakes, though. I like how there's real stakes involved. Mm-hmm. I like how throughout the entire movie, people are asking John, "When's that? When's it going to be enough?" Like you're on this mission, but it's not going to end well for you because yeah, you kill one member of the high table, they're just going to keep coming out with more and more. And I'm surprised neither of you guys have said it yet. Bill Skarsgård is the best villain in the John Wick franchise by far. By he, far. He's a despicable villain. He oh, plays he's, he's so despicable well. Despicable human being. Despicable. <laughs> I love Tracker in this. Tracker was great. Uh, yeah. Great use of the that, dog. That's Shamir Anderson, who's yeah, also a movie bruiser. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm still debating what my favorite sequence is, whether the, the opening at the, uh, the Continental and uh, where is it? Japan? Yeah, where they're in Japan, or the part. My God, I cannot believe I did my boy Scott Adkins dirty and did not mention Killa 
is one of the most absurd, amazing minor characters in an action movie ever. Yep. And I'm just sitting there, and I didn't realize it was Scott Atkins right away. And, like, I know who Scott Atkins is. Like, I watch his, like, straight-to-VOD crap. Um, and he's an amazing martial artist. And when this guy in a fat suit starts flying fists and kicks, I'm like, it's him! Mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. amazing. So, Lionsgate, I plead with you. John Wick 5 does not need to happen. It is a perfect conclusion. And Shane, I was actually, I remember Ben and I talked about this a long, a little while back, but this is actually like my least favorite Keanu performance of the four John Wick movies until like the very end uh, when he has to get a little emotional. I just, it felt wooden to me, guys. I was like, I'm going to kill them all. Really, John? Just, I. Well, I, here, I, here's the thing. Keanu Reeves' strength is not in his line delivery. No. And that's why I feel like it made sense that he cut half his own dialogue because it's the physicality of it all. And I think he gives a really strong performance physically. Yes. And like in the moments where you even like just how he is in a scene with emotion is great. It's just when he opens his mouth, (laughs) not the best. So unless he's Duke Kaboom, then then he's then he's great. I'm Duke Kaboom, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. And number one, Ben, what can number one be? So many choices, hmm. so many choices. But there's only one. Your ben. Love Rod. I'm gonna come and get my love. <laughs> I'm gonna come and get my love. Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume trace, Ben. I still owe you this post. I just keep forgetting to go to FedEx and send it to you. But I, Shane, you took all the words I was going to say. I mean, it it is a perfect movie to a trilogy that I, as you know, I've said before on a Guardian spoiler review. Shane, I did not think I would care about these characters as much as I did. I didn't realize until Guardians three ended, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" I am. I'm going to miss these guys a lot. I'm going to miss Gunn's writing. I'm going to miss his direction. I'm going to miss these characters. Now, Disney we're going to see some of them back. Up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I love the tonal shifts. The tonal shift they took in this movie. I think these still the balance of humor and, and heavy drama works very well. And other than maybe Endgame and No Way Home, this might be my. This is probably my uh, next favorite ending in the MCU. Just like actual ending with the dog days are over. It, it's it is a beautiful, beautiful. And look, Shay, I'm not like you. Not like you. I'm not the biggest Florence and the Machine fan. I only have but so little few songs in my library of hers. I will never li- listen to the song the same way ever again, though. No, Guardians Three ruined fathers and sons for me, which also. Rod, you know what I'm talking about from today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just, the music just adds a whole other layer. I didn't think the move, the song Brandy could have so much depth to it. Mm-hmm. And then you watch Guardians 2 and you're just like, my God, he, it, this movie is Brandy. This movie is an adaption, <laughs> adaptation of a 70s pop song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just some quick shout outs. Karen Gillan, phenomenal. Um, I think the whole cast gives their best performance. This is kind of like an endgame feeling of like everyone saved their best performance for last. 
Dave Batista was great. Uh, Root was fantastic. Bradley Cooper as Rocket, phenomenal. Uh, Chris Pratt, my God, he he definitely delivered in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and my issues with the high evolutionary side, I think Chikuti Wuji does a magnificent job in the role. I just think it got a little cartoony towards the end with all the yelling and screaming. But, I mean, Ben, I always get chills when uh, Rocket does that. The name's Rocket. And he just pumps that gun, Rocket, sh- sh- raccoon. And I'm like, oh, shit. It just gets me all excited. It gets me all the chills. Rod, when the high evolutionary yelled, there is no God. That's why I stopped, stepped in, was one of the most like, oh, my. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. This is, he was something else in this movie. And I think he is the per. I think this is lost on this and not to get too much into like an actual guardians review here, but like, no, I welcome it. Go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. He, he's not a sympathetic, sympathetic villain, but he has relatable traits that all human beings can relate to. What's his biggest issue is that he truly believes that he is the best and can do something and cannot get past the fact that somebody else came into his life that's better than him. And it's just like, he will not let it go. And he is so transfixed on rocket because of that. And he has self-destructive behavior. That guy's like drunk half the time and all the flashbacks. And it's just like, he's a broken being and it's, manifested in such a horrendously problematic and destructive sense of such a little he reminds me a lot of ego they're in a point where they have no idea or comprehension of the value of life because they see themselves so high up here that we're just a bunch of ants and it doesn't matter and he just was ferocious and also like so punchable like the way that he just like held his finger up when they walked it when uh star lord and Groot walked in i'm like this bastard over here yeah so guardians of the galaxy volume three i mean it's in my top five comic movies of all time i did not expect that coming into this year will it stay this will it stay at number one we did we definitely the mc needed this movie for sure now, Ben, will it stay at number one? I don't know. We've got this little movie called Spider-Verse coming out this weekend. I don't know. And maybe gonna take Flash. A spot. Oh. I, I, I can tell you right now, it's not the Flash is not taking number one spot. I can I can I can safely, safely just put that to rest. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not gonna happen. Now, if it does, okay, I will personally come out to Philly and buy you a cheesesteak. <laughs> okay. But I still owe Ben and Anna a steak dinner because I lost a bet last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever whatever well, hey look you were here for t swift and you could have got your steak dinner oh just a few hours we yeah. went to the varsity instead i guess yeah there you go there's your steak dinner You're welcome <laughs> <laughs> got a hot dog anyway there you go was it good though <laughs> it was the varsity of course it was good Shit, sorry man. Damn. okay <laughs> just calm the fuck down then all right get it all right then we have one more category to go. Then I'm going to ask a bunch of random questions to end up this episode. Cool. It's time to get into our top five most anticipated films. September through, almost in October, December. 
So, you know, it's been, I feel like, you know, if we talk about, you know, now through December, we're still going to talk about, you know, Spider-Verse and Oppenheimer, Indiana Jones. We don't need to do that anymore. We have a whole summer episode where we talk about that. Phrase. Right. right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Correct. Strays. <laughs> uh, box office juggernaut. Of, yeah. Okay. It's um, coming for you. Coming in August now. Oh, it did get pushed to August. Damn. Yeah. Because that was the most idiotic thing to drop that in the middle. That has August written all over it. <laughs> and they finally realized, like, oh, we made an August movie. Why are we releasing this in June? <laughs> we made an August movie. That's funny. All right, so Ben, your top five most anticipated films for the rest of the uh, from September to December. All right, I have Why some, is it Wonka. I I have some honorable mentions. Is that okay if I share those as well? Nope. Matt? Okay. Go ahead, man. I know you're going to do yours. So I had a few. Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> I'm Rod. I'm Rod. Partially because I watched the original movies, uh, Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. I, I'm I'm kind of I'm a little interested. To see what they do. Uh, I read the books and then. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> no. Happy birthday weekend to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I uh, read the books and enjoyed them, and then saw the movies. Uh, I saw Hunger Games, the first one in theaters, and thought it was okay. And then watched the uh, rest of them recently. And Catching, Catching Fire, Fire so fucking good. Yep, I was just about to say that. Catching Fire is excellent. Um, and then the the Mockingjay Part Two, I thought was was pretty good. Ender, um, satisfying. satisfying. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I don't know. Yeah, that's the bottom of the honorable mention. But anyway, uh, Pain Hustlers, which I just kind of found out about doing some research. So. Let me tell you the cast. Emily Blunt. That's all you need to know. Uh, but Chris Evans. Back Andy, the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Garcia. Sure. Uh, Catherine O'Hara, Jay Duplass, Brian Darcy James, and Chloe Coleman. Hmm. You're um, missing one. Did you say Chris Evans? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Okay. Yes. You were saying back off uh, when I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I just said back <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, little conspiracy criminal thing sounds interesting. Two things holding it back: one, David Yates, who has done the Fantastic Beast movies, uh, gets the other one, and it's dropping on Netflix. There you go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You knew that was coming. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then the, what movie was this? Pain Hustlers. Kind of a weird title too. Um. Well, Pain and Game was taken, so they they, they chose yeah. Pain Hustlers. True. Uh, and then <laughs> Dune Two, Part Two, whatever it's going to be called. Um, Rod and I have said we're not like huge, huge Dune fans, it's but Dune, Dune, uh... <laughs> uh, Looney Tune. There's a lot of sand. Not that much. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh jeez. I was hanging with Sandler. I'm over here. <laughs> the sand oh, man. What the sad man? Uh, all right, never mind. This like is gonna be a mean movie, <laughs> you know. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The technically the first one was great. Um, the characters were were okay, but hopefully they expand more on this. Um, the actors they brought in for this one, I'm very interested to see what they do, obviously. And uh, the little snippet we got, we saw 
uh, Timothy Chalamet riding a sandworm. So that seems cool. All right, getting into the five. Number five had to have a Marvel in here. Five is where I have the Marvels. Um, the the trailer didn't completely sell me or, or look fantastic, but it's it's the combination of uh, Tiona Paris and Monfalani and Brie Larson that I think uh, their chemistry will will really bring it together. And uh, Zawi Ashton, who I really liked in a bad movie called Velvet Buzzsaw. Um Excited what to see all them together. Fucking movie that yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, excited for that. Number four is the killer. Another movie that kind of came up in my in my research. But get to but, but get to why is that four? Why? Because uh, David Fincher. No, it's it. on fucking Netflix. God damn All it. right, you spoil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's not higher. I guess you're saying. Um, yes, yes, right, that's right. But yes, yeah, directed by David Fincher. Uh, how it's been a while, I think, since we've seen him. Mank. Well, that's one. right. That's right. Yeah. Which uh, made very well, but not not groundbreaking to me. That, that, that didn't feel particularly like... compelling. Yeah, there you go. Hey, hey, look, that, that movie was good for two things. Technically, it's it's pretty to look at. And two, uh, Mandy Seyfried gets the performance of a fucking lifetime. She is fantastic in that movie. And Oldman, of course, is just yeah, it's case Gary fucking Oldman. Um, this one, the killer has Michael Fassbender and Tilda Swinton, um, among others. And I believe we're getting back to the crime thriller stuff that, uh, that he's really good at, uh, based off a book too, I believe. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Then number three, next goal wins. Taika Waititi's last movie didn't thrill me as much as I hoped it would, uh, Love and Thunder, but this one, uh, it was it was made a while ago. I've heard about it for a while, but it, it's mm-hmm. finally coming out later this year. Um, I'm a big soccer fan. Don't really know the story that much, so that'll be interesting to hear about. And, All you need to know is they suck. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that's basically what the synopsis says. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this. And what's ED and other films has done really well with the balance of humor and. Um, and, and drama, I think. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, especially. So, that's another uh, Fazbender. Pretty sure. That's interesting. Okay, number two. Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, Scorsese, of course. Um, and DiCaprio and, and everyone else. So, I uh, don't have a lot to say. I just said it looks great and very excited for it. Even though it is Netflix. Um, but anywho. Irishman was great too. Uh, number oh, this one's Apple. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple. And so a little more faith in it. Another a production company along with them. So, oh, you know, it took two whole studios to pay for like 180 million dollar three hour and a half <laughs> western. So, yeah, but hopefully, hopefully, it's worth the wait and the long, long yeah. watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the number one, yes, I am a fanboy. Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel doesn't even have a title yet, but I'm I'm just very excited. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, I liked quite a bit. Uh, of course, the you know very original is going to be my favorite um, forever. But I'm interested to see where they go with this one. Uh, they've added some 
interesting uh, cast members as well to, to carry on the legacy that I'm excited about. And I'm pretty sure we're going back to New York. Uh, I, I don't really know much. I don't think we've heard much about the story uh, just yet, but. Yeah. Not being from Scream 6, man. Mm-hmm. Same plot. Yeah, same. yeah. Right. Yep. Sure. Okay. But uh, yeah, very excited for that. I'm really hoping uh, we get a trailer at some point because it's a, uh, I think, December release. Last time I saw. So. I, I expect sometime in January, August, we'll probably get that first trailer. Maybe before Indiana Jones. Who knows? <laughs> I, I think. So I think. Actually, you know what? That'd be a perfect time to drop it at Comic Con. Might be Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trailer. That's true. That yeah. makes sense. So there you go. One through five. All right. I will go ahead and go next. Then let big man on campus, Mr. Shane Kanto, close us out here. So my honorable mentions. I have a lot. Dumb money. Looking forward to this because of the cast. I think it's Paul. I think Paul Dano's in this. Uh, really, really interesting uh, uh, story behind this movie. You know, it's about like the whole GameStop thing. I am very, very fascinated to watch this. From Craig Gillespie. Yes, who, by the way, I saw, I was looking at filmography earlier. Hi, Tanya, Cruella were his last two movies. Dude's, dude's good. Dude's good. The Killer is an honorable mention as well. Now, look, David Fincher is a top five director of all time for me, but I am not the biggest fan of Mank. And this is also dropping on Netflix. And I don't know why, but every time I think of the killer, I think of the snowman and how just God fucking <laughs> exactly say that movie is a it's uh, an affront. Yeah, it's it's awful. It's awful. So fingers crossed here though, Ben, that it just you got Fossfender and 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 Fincher. Come on now. Come on. Netflix, all your movies you're gonna put out this year, make this the one. Make this the one, please. Next goal wins. Taika Waititi is doing something that's not Thor-related. Thank you, fucking Jesus. Let's get back to the Jojo Rabbit years, guys. I love Jojo Rabbit so goddamn much, Ben. Mm-hmm. That movie is such a delight. Um, I am very much looking forward to this. It's a sports movie. It's an underdog movie. We're probably going to know how it's going to end, but I mean, I, I'm moving for Taika. The, the the man's a great director, and you put him on the sports movie. I'm I'm in. I'm all I'm, I'm all fucking in. And then there is one more honorable mention. I forgot to write it down, so I'm looking for it real quick here. Why can't I find it? Give me one second here. Come on. Ah, yes. Ball Patrol, the mighty movie. God, Shane. Come on, man. Don't don't. Yeah, fine. Paw Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. It's uh it's it I'm I'm I really was fascinated by the trailer. And they talked about a lot of D twenty three last year. I'm very interested by this concept, but Disney's wish, I feel like no look, I think the best animated race is already over. I feel like Spider Verse is gonna take it home this year. I haven't even seen the movie yet, but I feel like it's just gonna win. No, it is only competing against one other movie so far this year. Mario! So it's (laughs) literally that few animated movies so far this year. I'm very much looking forward to seeing an interesting concept. I like the animation. I feel like old school Disney too. So I'm hoping we get back to the old school Disney animation days, you know, where they have heart. And that is there just to make 
point, you know, pointless money. Light year. Looking at you. Bastards. But anyway, but let's get into my top five now. Because in my top five, there's this little movie with Emily Blunt. I don't know if you've heard of it, called Pain Hustlers. Have you heard of this one, Ben? Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah it sounds very familiar. Yeah. Uh, I'm only watching this for Emily Blunt. That's about it. So, number four. <sighs> Look, I didn't like part one. I think part one was a what was light on character. It gave us a great visual experience for me at least it's like let me tell you let me reword that it gave me a great visual experience and that was doing part one i gotta put doing part two on my list though ben because neville move is still a master at his craft and i got a feeling i think this is going to deliver what part one did deliver for me i'm hoping we get better character interactions uh the the, the biggest character standouts for me the last movie were rebecca ferguson and jason momoa I think those two were the biggest, and Oscar Isaac as well. I think that those two were probably the biggest standouts. I'm, I'm still not on the Shyamalan train. I'm, I'm not there yet. He's a good actor. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not there yet with him. I'm hoping this turns me around. And then looks like we're gonna get a whole lot more Zendaya in this movie too. Thank fucking Jesus. I'm tired of seeing her in, in, in dreams. In your dreams. Same sequence. In my dreams, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, but Ben, at least if I don't like the characters, I'll still get a visual, a, a spectacle visually. Uh, it's going to be really pretty to look, and it's going to be filmed entirely in IMAX. So, I'm looking forward to that too. Number three, Ben, I would like to uh, call this the Among the Lonnie Show because that's what this movie is going to be. That's my homegirl. We go by I go, I call her Amon, you know, first name basis. You you have to, you and Shane have to call her Amon Valani. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. So, just Shane, okay. Just, just watch it. Thank you. You know, Re Larson, Tiana Paris. You know, but, but, but go ahead, Ben. But Amon Valani, it's Amon Valani. I got you, Amon. But anyway, uh, she is the main reason why I'm watching this movie. Uh, other than being a diehard MCU fan, um, I love that Miss Marvel show. The more I think about, it, the more I just, I, I just love it. Uh, she is so perfect for this role. And I love how she is a nerd like us. I love these MCU actors who not just enjoy being in these movies, but enjoy the material, enjoy comic books. And she is a nerd, diehard. She is a nerd. She is just a flat out nerd. nerd. Hey, you respect them on. Damn it. Well, not, I will not tolerate you calling her a nerd like that. Apologize, Shane. I'm a nerd too. I teach math. That wasn't much of an apology, but okay. Anyway, anyway. Ben, I'm nervous about this movie, though. I'm nervous. One is coming off Guardians 3, and two, I just, all these damn reshoots. Mm. A lot of reshoots they were having. If the if the on set rumors are true, this is a hot mess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those yeah. Somebody Larson. Those rumors, yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah, Ben, you didn't hear about your girl? She was mad this wasn't called Captain Marvel 2. And now she's not at the forefront. No, really? Yeah. And uh, apparently it was causing a lot of issues with her co- uh, co-stars. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's just hearsay. We shall see. <laughs> yep. Now, I don't want to you know, delve too much into rumors, but... Yeah. I, I'm just... I hope, I'm hoping for a good movie, though. 
because I think this is going to push the MCU forward. It's coming off. Apparently, Secret Invasion ties right into this too, so I'm looking forward to that. Makes sense. But yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing more Miss Marvel because she is just a fucking delight. And I don't know how she's gonna gonna do another season of Miss Marvel after you put a character on the big screen. I just I don't know how you do that. I mean, they did it with Loki, Loki, putting him from the big screen to the small screen. But I mean, Loki just never fucking dies. So I mean, that's that's that. Number two, the God Himself. Martin fucking Scorsese kills the fire moon. That trailer was perfect. The reviews got me pumped. It's DiCaprio. It's uh, De Niro. Fucking Jesse Plemons in this. Brendan Fraser. Apparently he's only in it for like five minutes, apparently, or three to five minutes. Like one scene. But anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to Martin's next movie. He's going to talk about, he's going to do a movie on Jesus. Yeah, got the Pope's <laughs> go ahead. I'm I'm excited. That's the that's the movie I'm looking forward to. Forget this. Honestly, that picture and headline kind of looked like a, a, a meme or a joke at first, but that was an like, onion no, article. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. Oh, it's real. Yeah, yeah it's fucking it's <laughs> fucking real. He and, he uh, wants to make his resurrection story next to Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ too. Because mm. that's a thing. Yeah, that doesn't need to be a thing, but uh, okay. But it is. And, exactly. And Lily Gladstone, I've only seen her in one other movie, and that was First Cow. And First Cow was boring as fuck. So, so boring. And she was also, oh, that's right, she wasn't, um, damn it, I don't even know if you watch the show, Shane. That Showtime show that I love. Billions. Uh, she was also in a couple episodes of Billions. I forgot what season she was. I think it was season three, if I'm not mistaken. But she is a very, very talented actress. When I remember her first cow, so I'm looking forward to seeing what she does in this movie. Apparently, she's the standout. Mm-hmm. Now, when you when she gets as much praise as DiCaprio and De Niro, that's saying something. That's saying a whole lot. I think DiCaprio is the cream of the crop in terms of actors right now, and De Niro is just a god. So. I mean, ben, I'm just worried about this three and a half hours. Well, look, Irish Ben is one of my favorite movies of all time, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm done being concerned about Marty and and, and run times. But Shane, I'm not gonna lie, it worries me a little bit. It worries me a little bit. We're getting a Scorsese western. I can't be more excited. And then number one, the creator, John David Washington, Gareth Edwards, Gemma Chan. It's funny, Gemma, Gemma Chan's like second build, and she was barely in that first trailer. Maybe she was like one scene in the trailer where her John and David Washington were like making out or something. But apparently the test screenings have been testing very positive for this. Now we've you know, or heard that before. But trailer impressed the hell out of me. And Gareth Edwards has done nothing but giving me probably maybe my favorite Star Wars movie of all time, maybe in Rogue One, and then also giving me a fucking well-directed Godzilla movie. Hopefully he goes through for three. I don't know. Shane, have you watched trailer for the creator? I haven't seen the trailer yet. Okay. So I don't, I don't know. But it is an honorable mention because I've heard really cool things. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. John David Washington's just such a he's such a cool fucking dude. I love him. I love him in Tenet. I love him in, in, in uh Ballers. He is such a good fucking actor. Uh looking forward to the creator very, very much. All right, Shane. You're up. Well, speaking of uh, Washington, um, one of my honorable mentions is the Equalizer Three because I do, <laughs> I do, and this is September one. This comes out. 
Fuck, that would be. Oh, fuck, fuck. Okay, I, I switch up. Nope, nope. I redo. Let's <laughs> start the episode over again. Denzel's just great in everything, so I enjoy him in this. Uh, the next weekend's my big fat Greek wedding three, which those two movies are so much fun and charming. And being an Italian American, a Mediterranean American, I could, <laughs> I, I feel like I have a cousinly connection to Greek people. And watching those movies, I'm like, my God, this is like my family. Um, I have a soft spot for the Kenneth Branagh, um, uh, Perot film so a haunting in venice is another honorable mention i have here i have to expendables 4 is coming out and i'm like come on the ultimate Um, man's man movie dumb money like we mentioned five night at freddy's see how that turns out seems interesting enough the marvels is an honorable mention for me um probably the most important honorable mention for me is where is it here? Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. I'm a huge Ardman fan, and Chicken Run's one of my. Dang, you are no longer invited on this podcast anymore. You have broken <laughs> both myself and Ben. You are no longer invited back. This is where this is where this is your downfall. This you're is t- it. You're too good. <laughs> Bring me the Chicken Run. I want Chicken Run too. Um, it does kind of upset me that they didn't bring back the voice cast. As, yeah, I'm less mad about Mel Gibson. I'm more mad about who played the lead. Like that's kind of just like a dick move. Um, but you know, I'm excited for it. But here's my actual top five. Number five, poor things, because I'm a disturbing person and love Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, Emma Stone gives great performances in his films too, so I'm interested in that. My number four, like I alluded to, feels like hours ago um is napoleon i am very interested to see what ridley scott and joaquin phoenix do with this film this has been a napoleon film has been in development by so many directors kubrick wanted to make a napoleon film and finally actually seeing one get made is going to be interesting my number three next goal wins because i love taiko atiti michael fast I feel like Michael Fassbender hasn't really been around for a while. And this just looks funny. Him trying to train the worst soccer team in America, American Samoa. Um, My number two is Drive Away Dolls. And why this is my number two? Ethan Cohen wrote and directed this. So Joel had tragedy of Macbeth. And now Ethan has his first foray into doing his own stuff. So I'm excited for that. And I couldn't bet against the king, and that is Martin Scorsese, and my number one is Killers of the Flower Moon. Can you see the wolf in this picture? Can you see the wolves in this picture? That has to be one of my favorite endings to a trailer ever. Like, that gave me chills when it's just that shot of, you know, all the rich white people. And it's just like, oh, dang. So I'm very, very excited for that. And that's my top five. All right. Well, thank you, Shane. Much, very much appreciated. So, gentlemen, as we get ready to close out this episode, there's only one question that remains. The biggest question of them all. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Spider-Verse. This is coming out this weekend. 
Shane, I'm going to go to you. Go back to you. Mm-hmm. One, what are your expectations? And two, uh, uh, do you think this will end up being one of the greatest comic movies of all time? Go. Uh, uh, based off of the just the buzz coming out of this movie and just the looks of the trailers and the literal hundreds of spider people and the fact that I still really don't feel like I know what this movie really is about based off of the trailers, which is odd. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to go in and see one of the most amazing renderings of a comic book character ever. And one of the most amazingly intricate and just awe-inspiring animated films of all time. Because I already get that from the trailer. Like, just how different each of these worlds look like they're going to be. Oscar Isaac feels like he's out for blood. And it's just going to be a thrill ride. And the very small alluding to, like, somebody in Miles' life is at risk. And I feel like that emotion is going to be so important to this whole entire film. And I'm just waiting for all the most insane cameos you could possibly find in a Spider-Man movie. My prediction for Beyond the Spider-Verse, if you want that too, we're getting Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire in that. If we don't get them in this, we're 100% getting them in that. And from what I can tell, maybe we're getting Venom in this. And Tom Hardy, because I heard those rumors flying around. But I know nothing about this movie. I did have something apparently spoiled for me for Flash, which I didn't see coming. But I'm not going to say that. So, because I'm not a dick. Like the people on the internet that put that out there. Oh, man, it's just Thanos appearing. It's not that big of a deal. Oh, damn. It's just, just, just Thanos. All right, Ben. Expectations are very, very high. <clears throat> Excuse me, very, very high. I need to temper them uh, before I go into the theater. But I'm, yeah, very, very excited. Was always excited, and then of course the um, recent critics' reviews and everything have, have hyped me up even more. Um, and from the outset, I was hoping that we were getting something different from the multiverse and Spider-Man movies we've seen recently. Uh, the trailer hinted at that somewhat, but I feel like several of the reviews of saying how personal and emotional it is, which is um, something I we you know we got from No Way Home also for me. But I feel like it is very specific to this movie and personal in the movie. So uh, very very happy about that and excited for all the cameos. But that's not going to be you know the main um, driving force for this movie, which. Uh, excites me even more but i'm also excited to see uh <laughs> you know ps1 spider-man and <laughs> all the all the craziness uh that's gonna be there so yeah i'm expecting the greatest thing since sliced bread was invented i am <laughs> expecting the holy grail of spider-man movies i am expecting a lot all you right better prepare your holy hand grenades <laughs> <laughs> look i mean into the Spider-Verse is a damn near perfect movie. Um, and such a surprise. I, I guys, I'm gonna try very, very hard to go in with leave my expectations out the door. I just don't think it's gonna happen. I'm gonna walk in that theater tomorrow night and 
probably come out a changed man, hoping to come out a changed man. Now, I don't know if it's going to be as good as No Way Home. To me, that is the Spar movie I've been waiting for, I've been wanting my whole life, and I got it. That'd be good. I don't need, but here's the thing, Ben. Not everything has to be the greatest movie of all, like of all time. You know, these critics who are saying this is the best Spider-Man movie of all time, literally about a year and a half ago, were just saying how No Way Home was the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, your opinions can change. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I. it's going to take me probably at least two viewings before I can really get my full, full thoughts in about how I feel about this movie. You know, good or bad. I don't think I'm going to come out of it hating it. I'm just, I mean, people are saying this is, Maybe the greatest animated film of all time. And I'm like, look, Lion King still exists. Incredibles still exists. Um, I mean, those are my two favorite animated films of all time. So I I don't know, guys. I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing what somebody can produce. And it's really, really, really interesting. <laughs> the Sony's best Spider-Man movies are mostly anim- are, are two animated Spider-Man uh, films as of late. I mean, because the Venom movies have been trash. Uh, I like the first Venom movie. I love there be cards. The best thing about that was Tom Holland showing up for five seconds, and Morbius. So that will do it, guys, for this episode of the Infinity Film Podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, look, Ben, we're gonna have our Spider-Man spoiler review next weekend out mm-hmm. for everyone to listen to. Here's hoping, Ben. Here's hoping that it delivers on everything we've been hoping for. Yep. And that all the critics have been saying. But for now, I'm going to stay off the internet because apparently spoilers are out now. So I'm I'm staying away. I'm staying away. Well, the actually the most important question is: Is Post Malone going to have another hit song based off of this? Does he have a song in this? In this? I don't think he has a song in this. Actress. I don't know. I was just saying. I was legitimately asking the question. <laughs> I don't. That's a. I, I kind of want to know actually, Shane. I don't know if he has one. All I know is Daniel Pemberton's sure going to have a killer score. Oh yeah. Boy, can he make an impactful and unique score. It's the only reason I remember that Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie. <laughs> hey, that movie was not good. But Shane, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you for having me on. Oh, I love you're, stuff you're, like this. You're so and welcome. I love hanging out with Rod and Ben. You guys uh-huh. are great. So. Spring the smile. Just- you know, when the professor comes on and he's just <laughs> saying how much he loves us, I just... I even had to put my cheaters on to read all of these movies on uh, first showing on my phone. But our good friend Shane, where can people find you online? And Shane, put you on the spot here. What is the best picture contender so far this year? As of right now... I don't know why I'm doing this, but yes, sir. <laughs> you leaned in very close to the camera. I feel like this is the first year in a while where I don't really feel like I've seen any films that are legitimately going to be nominated for Best Picture at this point. Um, I Come feel on, man, like Megan. I would drop dead if that, <laughs> if that happened. Uh, twenty twenty three was a good year. It was my last year on Earth. Uh, uh i think i think the challenging thing is like i generally do not have movies like john wick and guardians at the top of my list at this point of the year 
And I love them both to pieces. And I think both of them have Oscar nominations that they deserve. But the thing is, I don't really think like maybe Blackberry, maybe, maybe Air. But not enough people saw Air that I think it's going to have that kind of bill. And Blackberry made nothing. It made like $1.5 million so far. And it's not going in the right direction either. Um, I think it's really going to come down to the fall because, and well, next month, uh, it's almost June, um, July, Oppenheimer. And because here's the thing we're going to have a battle at the end of this year, and it's going to be a Nolan Scorsese Villeneuve fight for best director, and Greta Gerwig might be hanging out there too. Um, and maybe if kill the killer is good, venture that's a murderer's row of directors coming at best director. I also think that best picture is probably going to come down to Oppenheimer, the killers of Flower Moon, and Dune Part Two. So, kind of where I see things going at this point. All right, now Ben, as long as what uh, your predictions, where can people find us online as well? Uh, Shane, did you say where you could find? Oh, shit, yeah. Shane, did you? <laughs> go ahead. The easiest thing is to go to the Wasteland Reviewer Instagram page where I shamelessly plug everything that I do coming onto this podcast, which is great. My podcast that I do um, with my buddy Roan, Roan of the Wasteland. I have my own solo podcast, including a new one because. I have a problem and apparently don't have enough things to do. Um, but I do write at Scribe Magazine and SithPop.com. And most importantly is the Wasteland Reviewer YouTube channel where I have three weekly shows, one of which is cracking 150 episodes, Lost in the Wasteland, my interview show, which is crazy. And as we're recording this, I'm going to be shifting gears into my John Ford uh, series on Welcome to the Wasteland, which will be 80 weeks. So good luck with that. I'm moving on until like 2024, right? Yep. <laughs> I have so much time. I'll keep you posted. Hopefully, hopefully you and I are still friends at that point. <laughs> Rod, <laughs> hey, I know we uh I know we've been beating each other up recently, but uh, you still want to come on for that job board episode? I I know that the Diamondbacks spoiled the brave season and we're not friends anymore, but <laughs> how dare you? Braves are still a better team, so they're definitely winning that series. Okay, okay. You're, you're, you're forgiven. Now, Benjamin. All right. So you can find us on Instagram at the Infinity Film Podcast, and you can email us with your favorite films of the year so far, what you're looking forward to, and if you've seen more than Shane, which you probably have not, uh, email us at rb.theinfinityfilmpodcast at gmail.com. That's rb, like Rod Ben, dot the Infinity Film Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Now, for myself, Shane, I'm, 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 I'm lean with you. I don't think there's any best picture contenders right now. Uh, I think... Air is probably one of those, like, yeah, has an outside chance, but as we get deeper into the year, it's going to get forgotten about. Mm -hmm. um, I wish Guardians, I, I wish so, 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 so I, much that it could. That and John Wick, it'd be like, they're the best, they are the best movies that yeah. have been released this year. And because of 
cynical assholes, Styx, Guardians, and John Wick are not going to get the attention they deserve. Yep. Thank so. Adam Sandler. And <laughs> I'm Scuba Steve. <laughs> there you I, go. Got in there. Right yeah. There. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think on the end of the year, though, Shane, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a four or five, five movie race. I think Oppenheimer, Ghost of the Flower Moon. I, I actually think, guys, if it is good, I think it could be. I think Barbie actually might have an outside chance of getting into this uh, into this race. I really fucking do. Oh, one other. I think depending on how it turns out, the color purple. Yes, I think is definitely going to be a contender. At the I end. agree. I just that subject content. I don't know how you turn that into a musical. That worries me. That worries me, Shane. Turn Lay Miz into a musical. That that is true, and the movie bored the fuck out of me. So I do not like that movie at all. But anyway. I that movie I Ben I'm telling you that next goal wins it yeah. could be his Jojo Rabbit this year I don't think it's gonna happen but I something tells me keep an eye out for it I think the polling it has a chance too yes I think if, the polling has a really good chance if it turns out like um why the hell am I blanking as long as it's not um. Now I completely blanked. Uh, as long as it's not House of Gucci, no. and it's more. What the hell was the other movie that came out there? I loved it. Um, uh, Last Duel. Last Duel. If it's more Last Duel and less House of Gucci, I think we're in good place. And yeah. then I also think Dumb Money could be this year's big short. I really, really do. I I really think Dumb Money has a chance. Uh, chasing that Adam McKay high. I, 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 I'm I telling you. And then watch out for Craven the Hunter. That's the outside chance to really make it some noise. If I don't see Aaron Taylor Johnson rip a man in half, drink his blood, and then fight the rhino with his bare hands, um, then what's it even worth? Why is it even here? But uh, Ben, any, any other... Any other ones? Because I have one more that I forgot to mention also that I'm looking forward to, but that also has a chance of best picture But anyone. Anything else stand out to you? Yeah, I think you covered the bases pretty well. All right. The other one I want to mention is Challengers uh, was Zendaya and Jai, I think Mike Face. And uh, what's the director's name? Shane, Ben, Luca, what? Oh, Guadagnino. Yeah. Yeah. Challengers. Potential. There's potential there. That could be just be an acting showcase, though. But we'll 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 have to wait and see. But guys, that will do it for us. I still haven't seen Bones and All. I, I kind of don't want to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't do good with cannibal movies. The last one I saw was Green Inferno. That scarred me for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, yeah. no one. Hopefully, no one does well with cannibal movies. Hey, you never know. I, uh, I eat his liver with five beef. <laughs> and a nice the nice Army Hammer is a, you know, he's, he's, he's comfortable. He's a real cannibal. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Head over to Max to watch House <laughs> of Hammer. <laughs> All right. Rod's laughing too much. Thank you for joining. 
and uh, hope to see you next week. <laughs> There's a lot of sad. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs>